This is BJ Ward, and you're listening to What's on Joe Mind. Welcome to episode 102 of What's on Joe Mind, where a fan gets about the world of G.I. Joe. What can we say? We're back. It's been a while. Things happen. People work. And then the show has changed a little, but we'll get into that later. Joining me, as always, our news desk anchor, Mike Yerzeri. We're not calling Beachhead Mike anymore. Everyone knows you by that now. Yeah, it's it's we, we probably want to run a contest, because as I've predicted over the last however many years, none of your nicknames have stuck. So maybe we need to run a contest. We've established that Beachhead Mike has stuck. I guess, kind of. But, I mean, it's one of those things, I guess it's it stuck in reference, but no A, do not downgrade this nickname. It's stuck. Try it, you can. Fair enough. It, it does work as a reference, so, okay, I, I'll see it. You're still being a... I thought that was a valid adult conversation that we had there. I thought that was the most input that the two of us had as rational people, at least in four years. Mm, no, that was on Fantasy Football Report last night. There's nothing rational about last night's Fantasy Football Report. Nothing. You better log in. It, yeah, you logged in last week. It didn't help you. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't log in. I'm 3-1. and one. <laughs> You're 3-3 three and three and you got doubled up on by your hero. Yeah. Ironically, who's who's coached by a man who, who idolizes you. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Bell, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. He has more than just books. He has a voice. I do have a voice. I can talk. These poor people, they've had to listen to us for a couple of months now. That's no good. There's no no Justin around to balance things. Just Jamie, who only add. He's like kerosene to that tire fire. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm looking at these. I'm looking at these standings. Last time I looked at these standings, I think I was number one. Now I'm like five. Well, you're you're in that log jam for first place. You you last week in the official commissioner power rankings, you were 14. All right, I'm gonna log out to the end of the season and just cross my fingers. At least before you do that, at least put Alshon Jeffrey back in your lineup. All right. Unless he's probably got a bye week this he's week. He's got a, he's got a bye week this week. Yeah. Awesome. But, so he'll fit right in. Fit right in. There you go. As a normal, Justin, I will extend you a trade offer for somebody on your roster before the end of the year. All right. And I'll forget to log in, so I'll never see it, and it just won't happen. Oh, don't worry. I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> that won't matter. That won't matter. I will log in, and I will trade it to Debbie just to spite you. Oh, well, that is spiteful. Couch Bowl is over, man. You do what you want. <laughs> oh, I miss Couch Bowl. Huh? Couch Bowl. Oh, oh yeah. Too. Fifth consecutive loss for Debbie. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the permanent couch bowl pretty soon. Pretty much. It already has been for about six months, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pulling up the fourth chair to the table, it's Joe Colton. Hello. What's going on? She stayed silent during that whole exchange. <laughs> she is already... She's a pro. ...on our wavelength, man. This is awesome. She's a pro. Get, get the hell out of the way for football talk. Whatever, man. Let's bring up baseball. <laughs> Are you, are, I would, we know you're a baseball fan. We were talking about that pre-show. Do you not not no football at all? Um, no, not really. Argonauts don't count. Hey, hey! It's one less down and ten extra yards. Give me a break. I'm, I'm willing game. to let the Argonauts count because they used to be owned by John Candy. <laughs> okay, if that's, that's awesome. Your, <laughs> is that your measurement of good football? John teams? John Candy was my was my favorite actor. And of course, he's been gone for 20 years now, which makes me feel incredibly old. 
You are. I'm only moderately old. I shouldn't feel incredibly old, but I do. I miss John Candy. Way to bring it down. You know. I know. Well, like, I, it, uh, it, do you want a moment there? No, you, you, you're the one who stopped talking. You're supposed to carry your segment. <laughs> we compliment you, and you drop the ball like a rookie. Aw. Well, you don't compliment me. Yes, we did. It's about as close as it gets here. <laughs> it's about as close as it we, we called you. I called you a professional. What, what more do you want? He, he wasn't like out and out ridiculing you. That counts as a compliment around here. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm you were sorry. Thank you for the lovely compliment. God forbid. Man. You sexy man, you. Now don't bring that into this. Oh, there's a sound. <laughs> 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 I know it's my ringtone when I go to Joe Con. <laughs> if, if you set that as my ringtone, I will be sure to call you just to just so just so Joe gets embarrassed. Happen, <laughs> I promise you, I will call you in her presence regularly. Sitting right next to me, you sexy man, you. Has that stopped you want me? Want me to do it with a like whispering, <laughs> half whisper? Only when it needs to feel natural. <laughs> Perhaps after the show. After the show, yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, Can I carry my wow. segment? Is that good, Mike? You happy now? I, I'm always happy. All right. Next on the schedule. <laughs> God, I, I sure hope there's not really someone listening going, I wish they brought the other guy back. <laughs> <laughs> that intro segment brought to you by Avex Lab. Pouring from the Great Plains of Kansas City, uh, Kobe Brown and his band of renown. Uh, offering just a plethora of molded heads and parts and hands and guns and, and all kinds of stuff to, to personalize and accessorize your Joes, make your collection your own uh, with AVAX Lab. Find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash AVAX Lab. You know, I've noticed any time that someone has the last name of Brown, you always give them a band. Well, you know, I, I'm in St. Louis, man. Every Every fifth person you know is in a band, so might as well. Okay, all right. All right, guys, get ready. Joe's of 2002 discussion. Pick your favorite Joe and Cobra. Or actually, Joe and Vehicle from 2002. Yeah, Joe, you probably didn't realize you had to do some show prep for this. You could get on Yo Joe if you need to. <laughs> ah, Russ. Homework. Oh, we did. Homework. We did you. Put away the sewing machine. Let's get to work. <laughs> I'm pinning. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. It's. Doing fa- something with fabric. I don't, I don't as, know. As Justin turns factual information into sexist piggery. <laughs> <laughs> she said she was making costumes. I just assumed there was sewing. I'm just waiting for Justin to say, you can get out of the kitchen now. Yeah, really. Oh, hell no. Barefoot. <laughs> nice job, Justin. I, I live in a house with three females, and I know not to drop that bomb around. Holy shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> Cost us our three female listeners, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not barefoot and I'm still pinning. <laughs> all right. Go for it. Oh, that's that's an improvement over Jokon. <laughs> oh, you're all set so you can pick out your favorite Joe from 2002? Yeah, I'll look. All right, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to you last. She's so Justin. excited. She's like, uh, I guess if I yeah, have whatever. Kid. I you didn't know what you were signing up for with this gig, did you there, Joe? <laughs> no. False advertising. Hey, she's about as prepared as the other guy. That's true. Hey, you literally <laughs> gave me five minutes notice. <laughs> that would actually, no. We literally gave you about 15 seconds notice. <laughs> I was hoping our show liaison would do a better job of telling you what's going to be on the show. But... It was in the email. <laughs> Which Justin. Is, I, I 
thought we were covering last week. Yeah, that <laughs> over real well. Justin, all right. Look, um, look, let's just be happy. I got everybody here on the same night. As we all know, 2002 was the inauspicious debut of GI Joe versus Cobra and the elimination of the O-ring, at least for a little while. So, um, going to do everybody a favor and not pick one of the uh, T Crotch figures. Believe it or not, weak. Big dude. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Um, I'm picking the uh, the Cobra Shock Viper from he was the from the last wave of the Real American Hero collection. Technically, was released in 2002. The repaint of the 90s Great Ice Cream Soldier. So uh, he gets he gets my vote for best figure of 2002. That red is pretty snazzy though. It is. That, that I like that blue and red combo. Yep. All right, Mike. That's a that's a good pick uh, for if you're going to go with Yoring guys. That's a good pick. I am not going to go with those O-ring guys per se. But uh, I am going to go ahead and, and go with the, the non-T-crotched uh, Neo-Vipers, simply because it was a new character, and it was yep. fun to see new characters. I kind of forget what it's like to have new characters sometimes, because everybody's yep. still married to... And don't get me wrong, I love the guys as they look, and that's how they appear when I... You know, somebody says gung-ho, and yes, I, you know, I still see 80s gung-ho pop in my head, but... Uh, there have been some other good designs on him as well. Like even even the one that was out this year, I, I couldn't take him in good conscience because again he is a hideous T crotch figure. But if you put that on an O ring body, it's it's still a, a solid character design. Yeah. Uh, even though it's it's completely different than than what Gung Ho used to be. Uh, but yep. I like the Neo Vipers. Uh, I I kind of like the one in the light blue that had the the, the O ring that came the next year a little bit better. I, I think we, we missed an opportunity to, to expand the lexicon on Cobra ground troops a little bit because it's it's really been a forgotten element to their forces since, you know? Yeah, it's a shame. They can't really ever seem to put it all together. Like 2002, we got some really inspired new designs of classic characters plus new characters. But with the construction issues, you know, it just doesn't old school fans couldn't really embrace it. I mean, there's there's figures in 2002 like uh, the O-ring version of Ripper who's pretty great. The uh, the new new look Cobra Firefly is really good. Duke from that uh, Joe vs. Cobra Wave 4 with the O-ring and I think he's one of the first figure steps swivel wrists. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there and the best thing like Mike said, was, number one was the new characters and number two was that they weren't afraid to reinvent some classic characters. I mean, Zartan had this weird armor all over his arms and um, you know, looked pretty significantly different. Wetsuit was in a cool armored dive suit. A lot of really neat ideas that just, you know, didn't execute it especially well. So it's, you know, I, I often wish that, I mean, I know we're getting some of this stuff in the FSS, but I, I wish we could get some of the design and some of the concepts from 2002 in a more collectible friendly and more user friendly articulation model. So it wasn't that snake eyes, the, at least the one that I remember, he was gray and purple. Yes. He had articulated ankles. Yeah. That was the first articulated ankle yep. figure that we got. Was, yeah. uh, and, and a, a good design figure. too. Yeah. Yep. He's one of those figures that suffered a little bit from being designed in that era. I mean, the pouches were really big and kind of bulky and made them hard to move. But if they use that design idea with, you know, the more more modern sculpting, it would be pretty pretty awesome. Wasn't he also a bit of a chase figure that year? Yeah, they had uh, they had uh, I, there was the gray gray slash purple and there was a black and silver one. Yeah, want to say a little more traditional looking. I, I believe the bl- yeah. the purple and and. Gray was the chase. Correct. He didn't end up being really that hard to find, but he was kind of he was considered a quote unquote chase figure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was what a two to one split on that one. It, it was not uh, not difficult. 
Right. All right, Joe. We gave you some time. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna take bets on it beforehand. Oh, yeah. G.I. Joe Reservist. <laughs> I, I'm, I am saying that she is all over Sound Attack 8-Pack Roadblock. <laughs> wow. Oh, that, that thing is horrific. <laughs> yeah. No, She's I thought got blue skin. Scarlet. Either either version of, of the Scarlet figure, but I didn't like that, the 2002 version of Scarlet. Her, her arms are enormous, yeah. not proportionate <laughs> to her body. <laughs> It's almost like he's wearing man arms. She's like steroid scarlet. Yes, with a shrunken head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a toss-up between Dusty and Skullbuster. Okay. Good choices. What about so. Librarian Baroness? <laughs> Where her waist is up mid-chest. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. She's got that hair and those glasses, and yeah, she looks like a librarian. No, no offense to all of our librarian listeners, but... Both of you. Both of you. <laughs> I don't know. I think we'd be hard-pressed to even have two... I, I, I mean, I guess maybe Terry Dizard counts as a librarian. <laughs> I mean, just from the standpoint of organizing all this, oh, this the, stuff on yojo.com. I guess, yeah. Maybe. Can we maybe put him it. in a librarian outfit? <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> Terry, uh, Terry if, if you didn't meet Terry in New Orleans, he's big on pleated skirts. <laughs> good, wow. good to know. <laughs> oh, good as I tell outrageous fabrications. We should move on, and uh, yes. I'll go with my choice. Yeah, the G.I. Joe Reservist. Uh, no. Uh, actually, 2002 was a bit of a milestone year, because that's the first time we got anything from the club. There you go. So I am going to go with the Crimson Viper from that year, just because how highly sought after he was for the longest time, and kind of continued still to be to this day. You going Fuchsia version? Fuchsia is more highly sought after, but I am going the actual what came in the set. Agreed. But most people could get. We'll go with that. All right, let's circle back around and go with the vehicles of 2002. We actually had some nice ones to choose from that Definitely, year. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that the vehicle selection on the whole is more solid than the figure selection. There were some clunkers in that figure line, but not a lot in the vehicle line. I, I like these. Yep, me too. All right, Justin, go ahead and lead off. I got to go with the Night Attack Chopper. That was a really great mm. vehicle, um, a decent-sized attack helicopter, kind of the first really nicely sized all-out attack copter that the Joe team had. I mean, yeah, they had the Tomahawk and the Dragonfly, but uh, nothing that really had the, the armor and the armament of something like the Night Attack Chopper. And I loved the, the wings that sprung out and the rotating missile firing launchers. And it was a vehicle that just really combined play value and design really nicely. And it was just a, a hell of a lot of fun, the little handle that flipped down and you could fly it around and spin the propellers. I used to shoot missiles at the cats. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely I tormented my dog with that thing. Another bit of trivia, uh, both Night Attack Choppers, uh, the only wedding gifts that I still have. <laughs> besides besides awesome. the legendary KitchenAid mixer, both uh, Night Attack Choppers wedding presents. Good call. I can't see how I didn't lose them in the divorce, frankly, but I'm glad <laughs> I did. Or just got away with one of them. Yeah, because frankly, she took half. Yeah. F that. <laughs> Mike... <laughs> I know you're on a roll. Go ahead and pick your vehicle, unless you're going to echo the Night Attack Chopper. No, I, there's too many good ones for me to, to double up, even though my favorite is the Night Attack Chopper. I, I am going instead with the Night Rhino. Okay. I, I know it's just a repaint, but I, I love that thing. It's so goofy looking, uh, and it really just worked for me in, in black and gray. Uh, I love its troop-carrying capabilities. I love that the, the carrier ports have doors on them. Uh, you know, you got the smoke grenades, you got the machine gun, you got the antenna. It's, it, it, it's got that 
that little piece of realism to it that I like in, in my Joe stuff. And it's still far off enough with its giant ass missile rack that it's clearly, you know, something something for kids and imagination as well. So I'm going to yeah, go with was, the Rhino. That was my second choice, definitely. Giant ass missile rack. I was kind of wondering that terminology, too. I didn't know if that – does it actually <laughs> fire giant asses? Is that what it does? Or? That is a scientific term. So now we segue to Joe. <laughs> and, and, I, don't, and, I don't know how to follow up with that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I've, I've been, I, I, I'm, been I am letting for several I, years, and I don't know how to follow up with that. I am letting my joke go. I am. I am letting it go. Uh, Content, people. Content. Yeah. I, 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 I know. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm gonna go with the the night attack chopper as well. Yeah. There we go. Boo! Boo! Fist bump through the screen there, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> first first episode sucking up to Bell. Boo! <laughs> You can't do that. The old fourth chair didn't even do that. So now he's gone, huh? Coincidence. (laughs) We're gonna put uh, we're gonna put Joe down for a we're gonna put Joe down for assault quad. That's we're gonna. Uh, Just is like, well, he's gone, so too bad. (laughs) I don't think it's a coincidence. You don't agree with the bell, and all of a sudden you're not here anymore. You know. (laughs) Oh, the hit list being taken out. Uh, okay, so the Night Attack Shop. Any, any memories that you have about the Night Attack Shop or anything that you want to share? I had not had this as a kid. I was in the 80s, and all I collected were 80s toys. So I was I was out by then, and it took me a couple of years to get back into it after. So you don't have a Night Attack Shop? I do not. Here you go, fellas. Next year at JoeCon, if you see Joe Colton. It's on the list. It's on the list. Get her a Night Attack Shopper. Get her a knack. And John and I don't share toys because we're both only children. So you can imagine what our uh, our GI Joe collections look like. <laughs> how how many night attack choppers does John have? Oh, probably two. He's got two of everything almost. So is that two green and two tan, or one of each? Uh, probably one of each. There was a red one, wasn't there? There was the crimson one, but that's a little different. Yeah, probably. All right. So boo. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, before I choose mine, I will tell you that there is a definite turd in this group, and that's Destro's Dominator. Oh, that was just horrible. A tank that can transform into a helicopter. Can you get the idea here in Joe's? I don't want my vehicles to transform into anything. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Cobra Hiss, because it's the first new hiss that we've seen in a while. Which Cobra Hiss? Cobra Hiss 4. Ah, I like it. Didn't think I could read those Roman numerals, could you? I I don't know. I I, I like the Hiss 4. I, I the only thing I don't like about this four is that turret on top. No, you could take that off, but it had the pop-up cockpit area, which I, I don't know why the cockpit version had the pop-up, considering it didn't have any armament on it, really. <laughs> cockpit. Oh, good lord. Anyways, uh, the Cobra, I'm just going to stop there. Cobra hits four. Because it's like the, the, the head of the snake popping up to strike. I guess it did have the missiles that you could shoot on the front of it, yeah. so it was only good two shots. I liked it. Honorable mention for me, I, I I do dig the Cobra Mantis sub, even though it's a reclamation from from another toy line. As a whole, everybody, uh, how about that sound attack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meh. Yeah. Justin, meh, meh, meh. you give it a meh? Yeah, I give it a big meh. I can't even, I was trying to approximate the sound that it makes, and I can't even do that. So The, the sound that it usually made was... It's about right. I didn't expect that to fall quite that flat, but... <laughs> There it is. That was flatter than some Patriot balls right there. Oh, hey, let's not get started on this now. <laughs> hey, there's a can of worms. 
It's a matter of time. Just a matter of time. We're going to get a whole bunch of letters now. Well, I hate it when you talk about football on the... You have the football show now. Are we going to get a letter from Kirk Bogsiegi and tell us how wrong we are and how uh, <laughs> how, how uh, Brady and uh, Belichick got framed? I <laughs> Probably. I would Bring it on! I would, I would, I would bring Kirk on to read that letter on the air <laughs> oh i would love to have him on the air and, and explain why it's okay to cheat we should have kirk as the first guest on the football program <laughs> okay all right uh what do we got next Mike? <laughs> are we up to the news now we are up to the news <laughs> We should really do a new news bumper. Ah, we will. There's a couple things we need to do first. Go ahead. First news item. We got a con site. <laughs> By this point, of course, uh, we'll have released our con site spectacular, uh, talking all in great detail uh, about Loveland, Colorado. With, Denver. Uh, with uh, Loveland, Colorado, local yokel uh, Troy McKee, uh, who actually lives in nearby Fort whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's a well, he said he's not from Fort Collins. He doesn't live in Fort Collins. A tiny town in Colorado. They're all the same. We'll just call it South Park and uh, be done with it. But uh, so everybody, uh, everybody will see you all in in Loveland, Colorado. Mm-hmm. We got a date. Do we? When's the date of the con? I'm not asking you out. <laughs> Damn it. Do you guys need to be alone? I know. Like, do Justin and I have to go? <laughs> yes. Need a little personal time. <laughs> I'm secure with that. I don't have it in front of me and neglected to write it on my review, but uh, I, I am. I believe it is June 13 through 16. 16 through 19. 16 through 19. You can tell I'm really ready for it. Make your reservations now. The club did let us know that the hotel block is already half full. Uh, so follow the, the links on their page at GIJoeClub.com to the hotel page. Uh, get your, your spot squared away uh, so we can all be ready to register on June 10th. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure that we've, we're, we're probably moved on to the second or third room lock. Even if it's full by the time you hear this, more than likely they're going to open up more rooms. I, I've never heard of the club not being able to open up more rooms. Yeah, we were able to open up more rooms for CoilCon, so I'm sure the club with, with an, an actual you know fan base will be able to do the same. <laughs> All right. All right. Next news item. Cubs are on the board. Cubs are on the board. <laughs> go Cubs, go. They loaded up the bases with nobody out. They got one run out of it. Oh, my God. This is not going well. Uh, 6-1 Cubs, top of the fifth, to make more of our... 6-1 Mets, you mean? I'm sorry, 6-1 Mets, top of the fifth, uh, to make more of our fans turn off our show. (laughs) (laughs) Second news item, we also covered this a little bit on the Consite Spectacular. Justin Bell, founder, Wolf's Head Publishing. Yay! Golf clap. (laughs) Thank you. Now, at admission, that's not clapping. <laughs> Good God. But uh, holy <laughs> just in a publishing company, wasn't it? What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Go ahead, Justin. Rescue that, please. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can. I think that might be. <laughs> no, you, you need to. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been writing for a long time. You know, it's been kind of my dream to be an author, and the whole thing with Kindle Worlds kind of motivated me to get more serious about it. So I began writing a series of novels and um you know i did the typical thing that authors do i shopped them out to a bunch of agents and publishing houses and nobody is bitten as of yet you know there's still some some queries out there and stuff we'll see what happens with those but 
uh, I actually went ahead and I, um, you know, if you can't, uh, if you want to do something right, I guess do it yourself. So I started my own official publishing company. It is an actual LLC. Um, and started to publish my own work. So it's up on Amazon right now. The first book is called The Fog of Dreams. I think if you like G.I. Joe, uh, you'll actually, you should like this book quite a bit. It's got some similar elements, you know, the kind of hybrid military science fiction kind of thing that G.I. Joe is and lots of action. Um, you know, you'll probably hear some familiar names if you, uh, if you read it. So it's, it's been a kind of a, a love letter of sorts or, you know, one of the, uh, kind of a dream of mine to get something like this done. And I'm just, you know, really happy that it's out there and I'm already working on the book on the second book. And I've, the second book's draft first draft is actually done. Um, the third book's outline is done and I've got about the first, you know, 10,000 words written or so. So, um, you know, I'm just setting up, uh, some continue to set some money aside for editing for book one. Um, the, the one wake up call that I kind of have from self publishing is, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say, Oh yeah, self publishing. It's you know really easy and you can just write a book and then sell it and you're done. And it's really not, not all that it's, uh, not all that it's cracked up to be from a cost perspective. It can be pretty expensive to have to hire your own publisher and do your own marketing and selling all that stuff that the publishing houses usually take care of you, take care of for you. You got to handle all yourself. So, um, that's been kind of, you know, I've had book two done for a while now, but I've been having to save some money to get it edited. And, um, so it would, it would be a lot easier if you didn't have that pesky integrity. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If I didn't care about the editing and just kind of wanted to spare, you could just just be your own editor and be like, I am awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Print it. Yeah. You know, I the, the first book I I went through four different drafts. I basically wrote the first draft. You know, went through myself and did a lot of refining. Got a second draft together. Um, you know, third draft, fourth draft. I went through it four different times, and I was like, man, this is great. You know, I can't find any more mistakes. This is perfect. You know, and then I sent it off to a couple of editors, and it came back with thirteen thousand corrections. So I was like, um, yeah, I think I'll I'll be having a professional do this for me from now on. But um, first and foremost, he misspelled Wolf's Head Publishing. <laughs> All three words. Now, let me ask you about that, Justin. How'd you come up with the name? You know, it does. It, there's a couple reasons behind it. I mean, it does tie in directly, kind of, with my first story arc. The the my original universe is built around the concept of genetic engineering and werewolves and things like that. So um, I knew I wanted to kind of tie the element of wolves into it. Um, wolf's head in, in old school British is, uh, from what I've heard is, is a term for an outlaw or a criminal. And that was kind of another, uh, another little cue that I used to develop the name, but really most of it was built around the fact that I wanted to, I, I wanted it to represent wolf in some way, just to tie into this first universe that I'm putting out there. And it's, you know, for the most part, what I'm going to be writing is, suspense novels you know some some thrillers with a little bit of a paranormal twist probably and it just felt like it really fit and um i gotta give full credit too to um you know the fine fine brian hickey at imagine who uh people who are gi joe fans will recognize from the total retaliation book uh he developed my logo for me and all that stuff and you know i basically said you know this is the name of my company show me what you got and the first thing he came back with was pretty much perfect so um I can't thank him enough for his work on the logo and developing that stuff for me. That was he does solid. that real, real well. Yeah, Brian, Brian, despite despite associating with us, Brian is talented. He is very talented. Yep, 
very time. I mean, he was he was great. He was like, oh yeah, I'll, I mean, I'd be happy to help you out. And you know, we hopped right on a Skype session. We talked through some stuff, and I sent him some material. He sent me back some material, and you know, a few weeks later. I had something I was extremely happy with, extremely proud of, and um, you know, hopefully, maybe one day down the line, you know, we'll see some people wearing T-shirts with it and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's a nice, really vibrant logo, even you know, if you have no idea what it stands for, which was kind of his idea. He wanted to make something really striking and something that could go on a T-shirt or or a poster, and even if you didn't really know who the publishing company was, you would see that logo and have to kind of look twice and maybe want to learn a little bit more about it. So. Um, that was the goal, but um, you know, so far I, I was hoping you would go with something a little more personal, like Bear Jockey Press. <laughs> that was my second choice. All right, all right, fair enough. But yeah, I also have to give props to friend of friend of the show and fellow GI Joe fan Fred Meyer too. He's been helping out helping me out quite a bit with my Facebook marketing and trying to get my Wolf's Head Publishing Facebook page a little bit more out there. Uh, so we, we just ran through a quick campaign over the past week to try to get that out there. We'll be doing a little bit of a sales push next week, ramping up towards Halloween. Um, so, you know, just trying to keep things moving. You know, sales, you have that dream where you list a book for sale and you go to bed and you wake up and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 10,000 people have bought it and you're dancing in the aisles. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite work out that way. So it's been a... A struggle to get it out there in the public eye and get people interested and get sales coming in and uh, it's been pretty slow so I've been trying to think outside the box a little bit and trying to figure out exactly how I can get this I'm, I'm really proud of it I think people who buy it and give it a shot will enjoy it the trick is getting people to give it a shot so we'll see what happens I'm gonna try like hell to keep the word going out there and see what we can do remind us one more time where can we get it you can get it at amazon.com the, the novel is called The Fog of Dreams. It's part one of the Operation Harvest trilogy. Uh, also, if you go to Facebook and go to Wolf, you know, just do a search for Wolf's Head Publishing on Facebook. My page come right up or do Facebook, Facebook.com slash Wolf's Head Publishing. You'll get right to it. And there's a big Shop Now button right on the banner. And that'll take you to the Amazon page as well. And if you want to like the page while you're at it, that'd be great. I'm on Twitter too, Twitter.com slash Wolf's Head Pub. And I try to try to spread the news throughout my own Facebook too. I'm trying to keep I'm I'm trying to draw a line a little bit. I don't want my personal Facebook page to just turn into a sales spiel for my books. I don't do it do that a whole lot. I try to keep that on the publishing page. But if it's something you know, every once in a while, I'll put something out there for it and try to get some get some hype going. But who cares? Shield the piss out of it. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like I said, it's something I'm very proud of, uh, and I really hope people will give it a shot. It's two dollars and ninety nine cents on Kindle. If you've got a Kindle Unlimited subscription, it's free. You can just you know you can jump right on the page and grab the book and read it for nothing. For all you waiting for Ross crowd, there you go. It's uh, in print form for twelve ninety nine, so it's it's affordable and uh, it's it's out there, easy to get. So give it a shot. And like I said, if you like GI Joe, I really think if you give this book a try, I'll like it too. Excellent. Next news item. We won't even close that with a joke. Out of respect. I appreciate that. Thank you. This time. <laughs> this time. This is uh, to to kind of let everybody in on the joke. I, I had a friend ask me if I could give them a call later on. I said, No, no, we'll be recording. And and they're like, Wow, well, you're going to record again? It's like, Yeah, it's it's the it's the what you did last summer edition. <laughs> that's that's going to be kind of a recurring theme. We got Justin out of the way with his with his publishing company. That's what he did last summer. Uh, so we'll move on to uh, chair number four with our next news item: the Girls of oh, the Finest USO charity calendar. Yes. It was funded. It was. I'm so excited. Uh, now is your chance to talk about the project now that it's 
over and done with except for the shouting. So shout. Yes. So it's the second year where we're the the finest a G.I. Joe Costume Club is uh, doing a Girls of the Finest charity calendar. Uh, last year, we uh, supported the Wounded Warrior Project uh, with over $10,000 um, in donations. This year, we're uh, partnering up, or we partnered with the USO, and we got over $9,500 in donations. And we're currently getting the t-shirts and patches and all the perks uh, printed and collected. Um, a lot of the models volunteered um, parts of their costume or photographs, autograph, autographed photos of themselves. Um, so we got that done. Uh, Robert Atkins uh, is doing the cover art for the calendar. We just got that in from him, and it looks really killer. So I'm super excited about this. Awesome. We will see what we do next year. Um, I'm, I'm really exhausted <laughs> <sighs> from running around for this thing. Yeah, we'll we're going to pick a new charity and uh, a new set of models. Awesome. Do you think you can uh, squeeze Mike into one? I can squeeze Mike into anything you want. Hello. Ooh. <laughs> uh. All right. That's a, that sounds like a dare. But uh, do you have any Do you have any USO, or rather, I'm sorry, Girls of the Finest specific shout-outs for right here now that uh, you know the project's been funded, it's going forward, uh, it, it should be going out pretty soon from what I understand. Yeah, um, we're a little behind on the printing. Yeah, <laughs> it should be going out uh, early next month, actually. It's not behind because at all? The yeah, the, the printing got uh, backed up a little bit. Um, you know, photographers, artists, everybody is, is pretty busy, and, and this is not our full-time job, so you kind of fall behind a little bit. But Yeah, I think we know about that one. <laughs> but uh, it is funded. Uh, Shout-outs. Uh, yeah, the, the girls behind the scenes which would be uh, Scarlett Jablonski, Sarah Dietrich uh, from Roma Collectibles, and Maggie from Maggie's Madness, and also the layout guys and uh, design guys, which are Sean Cho and Alex Thorne. Big help. That that I could not have done it without that whole team. Very nice. So good job on that. It's 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 really we're proud of you guys. That's a that's a big chunk of change. Thank you. Uh, just, just be putting together for, for charity like that. And it's a great cause. And, and a special thanks to, to everybody who funded. We contributed. And especially to us because we bought a quarter page ad. Yes, you did. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I need your logos. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. James, James is actually working on that. So I, I believe he has sent something to to the lovely Mrs. Dietrich. Uh, and and that, that may be taken care of. I'm not sure. Okay. If a not, we'll kick him in the head a couple times. Yes, please. <laughs> or she will. <laughs> Or she will, and that'll probably hurt worse. Yeah, she's got those big boots with uh, her Baroness costume. She'll kick his yeah. ass. Oh, I will pay to see that. <laughs> so will James. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like much of a threat where James is concerned. <laughs> I Can I have another? Ooh. Can I have another? <laughs> Can I have another? Let's say you, if you want it to be a threat to James, maybe have Aaron wear the boots. <laughs> well. Yeah. That's a thought. <laughs> James might like that, too. I, I don't know. That's how you roll. I don't know. It's all right. We tend to pick, um, on a serious note, we tend to pick uh, military charities because of a lot of our members are either military or, or, or veterans. And because of what we do as costumers for the G.I. Joe costumes, then it's logical to pick a military charity. So 
Well, we want to thank you uh, for your contributions to the community. Thanks. Next news item, uh, something she didn't contribute to, Mike. Yes, CoilCon 6. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Was it the event of the year or the event of the century? You know, Bell hasn't gone either. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bell never threw it out there. Oh, I'm going to try to make it. I was there last year. Thank you for remembering, Mike. Justin was aloof. <laughs> aloof. 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 He's a sponge from the shower? Oh, it's aloof. <laughs> he was a loofa. And then he got better. <laughs> Reminds me from the lines from John Larroquette from Stripes. I wish I was a loofa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that wasn't you, Justin. That was Eric Aranya. Oh, that's right. I get us confused sometimes. I know it, it seems like you are two minds wearing one skin. Yes. I spend so much of the time being physically attached to him that I sometimes forget when I'm no longer attached. Human centipede style. Oh, God. <laughs> I am not touching this. Can we talk about CoilCon 6, please? You poor music. But uh, <laughs> CoilCon 6 uh, in the books uh, a couple of months now. We did it. We were a little early this year. We did it before Labor Day, which is kind of weird for us in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, and it was just a – we had a, a new location, uh, a new date. We did on Sunday instead of Saturday. I should say we did the, the actual show on Sunday. We did have activities on Saturday. So this was the, the first two-day CoilCon, as it were. Uh, very well attended. Uh, we, we did our normal 200 to 250 uh, in, in terms of heads through the door. Uh, Sarah was there collecting for the, the, the girls of the, the, of the finest calendar. Uh, we were, of course, uh, again, collecting – but money and toys for Peyton Manning Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Uh, thanks to the Pogues for, for heading that part of the effort. James was on hand plugging his book. John uh, Cremines, the, the president of the Coil Club, uh, w- was there in a booth with with his his wares. You know, building custom Cobra gear and and uh, and and just general weirdness that we've come to know and love for him from him uh, for all these last uh, few years. Again, just uh, it was a great show. Uh, perhaps the finest dealer selection. Uh, anywhere short of JoeCon, and I think I think we rival that. The the guys uh, in in that Indiana Ohio area they really get out for CoilCon. They really love the show. We were turning dealers away again for the second year. We have to figure out a way to to get a bigger room and somehow not blow our entire budget in order to accommodate everybody who wants to come be a part of CoilCon. We did panels this year for the first time. They weren't hugely attended. I think it, it was kind of a new wrinkle. We didn't, I, I, and I take responsibility myself for not publicizing that well enough, but uh, I wasn't sure. We didn't really know we had those facilities uh, available to us until pretty late in the process. Uh, the folks who showed up for the CoilCon panel uh, basically got to sit down and have a an intimate conversation with Mike Irizarry and Gary Godso, because mm. uh, I think there were eight people, and seven of them were ones we were not related to, so that's the official attendance. You like your your family didn't even show up for the CoilCon panel, Gary. No, <laughs> I know Debbie's got responsibilities. No, the old man showed up. That's right. Al Godso made an appearance at CoilCon. Al Godso was at CoilCon. The Kavanaugh parents showed up at CoilCon. Yes, James oh. Kavanaugh's parents were at CoilCon. Aww. They showed up to his panel, which actually wasn't a bad showing in relation to how all the panels were attended there. Yes, James' panel was the best attended panel. He managed to introduce them, but before anyone could start asking them any questions about little James, they were out the door. They were ushered out. Yes. (laughs) We uh, we threatened to turn the CoilCon panel into the Your Best James Kavanaugh story hour. Uh, and they were out the door within seconds, being pushed out by James. It was a good time. Uh, of course, we had the uh, 
being on two days this year on, on Saturday, we did, uh, we did have tours, a uh, group touring, uh, Wright Patterson air force base out there in Dayton, Ohio, which is a, an amazing museum. I, I recommend it to anybody just as a matter of if, if you're a history buff, you need to get out to, to Wright Patterson. Uh, they have some amazing setups there. Uh, it is completely free. So if you, uh, if you have the opportunity to, to drive or if you're in Ohio for whatever reason, make sure you swing by and visit them. Uh, they were great to our group. We did, of course, have um, the legend of Kevin O'Brien on, on Saturday evening. Wow. Which uh, noted fan of the program. What's on Joe Mind Superfan, I think is his official title. Uh, but what's on Joe Mind Superfan, D-Bash, uh, will tell you all about the legend of Kevin O'Brien. Uh, and he also uh, won the wing challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. On the way out, so you you power down six mega hot wings in in thirty minutes, and they give you a T-shirt. And I believe D did it in about six minutes. And the term uh, Garrett, takes on a whole new meaning. Yes, wow. uh, that was that was a common joke after he was finished. Gary does have video of that posted on Facebook. Gary, you need to get that up on the main page. Got it. There's a couple moments there where Gary and I are, are providing live color commentary. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, Jamie Johnson as well. So it's 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 like a what's on Joe Mind fantasy football get together in in person. Uh, Jamie Johnson, not a Joe fan, been to one CoilCon. Justin Bell and Joel Colton, zero CoilCon. He's even been one to Jokon. I'm saying that he's he's a real fan, is what it is. He's a real fan. You know, when you come to DC, that's when I'll come to CoilCon. All right, CoilCon Seven, Washington DC. <laughs> Heard it for your first. We're not about, I'm bowing to that kind of weak pressure. We <laughs> we are the event of the century without you. You can join us. <laughs> that's all I'm saying about that. A thank you to everybody uh, who was a part of CoilCon, whether you showed up to shop, whether you showed up to socialize, if you showed up to sell. We don't care. We love you. We will take you, and, and hopefully you'll want a green T-shirt and, and, and call yourself one of us at the end of the day. Heck, hopefully you'll call yourself one of us without a green T-shirt. We're even not that particular about that. As always, uh, thank you. We've it's It's gone from being a gathering in Todd Jordan's garage to becoming one of the, the events you know, that people circle on the G.I. Joe calendar every year. And that wouldn't have happened without the incredible support that we've gotten over the last six years. Next news item. Next news item. Roll out, roll call six. The other event of the century? Perhaps. I don't know. I wasn't there. You were not there. Uh, I have actually become the old man of roll out, roll call. The torch has been passed. You've now beat me. You got me up on one now. Yeah, it's the one show that I have not been to as much as Gary. Uh, and frankly, that makes me a little uncomfortable. And uh, it feels a little weird. But we'll, we'll power through it. Rollout Roll Call is, of course, the, the show out in in, uh, in Southampton in the UK, run by our, our good friend David Tree uh, of All the Cool Stuff and the Full Force Podcast. There, too. Just a, an incredible event. It gets bigger every year. You want to talk about folks that, that loved going to panels. Uh, that was the place to be at Rollout Roll Call this year, uh, from a couple of Boss Fight Studio panels to, you know, Patty and Brian uh, building a, a street display out of common household items for your Joes, uh, which was a fun thing to be a part of. Artists and and sculptors and toy designers like uh, Eamon O'Donoghue, uh, who's done a lot of work for the Masters of the Universe stuff. Uh, Emilio Santolucia, which who's done uh, uh, Transformers and He-Man stuff. He did he did a panel on uh, on designing Transformers. I mean, wow, just great stuff. I understand that that's a, a show that a lot of us don't get the opportunity to to do. I am very fortunate in my ability. Uh, to be able to do that. I, I guess that all comes down to having nobody to worry about in this world but myself. So call it lucky, if you will. Being an asshole has its privileges. 
Anyhow. Now he tells yeah. us. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, rollout roll call is, is an amazing good time. You, just, you get to see folks that you, you don't see otherwise. You get to have a perspective on collecting uh, not just G.I. Joe and Action Force, but Transformers and He-Man and Legos. And it, it, it's kind of turned into this just mismatch celebration of all things toy and, and geek. And it's it's a wonderful time. And you will not go to a program with a better atmosphere. The weather this year was amazing. So even that, even that led to it. We've got all these shiny, happy people going on in the hotel, and then the sun is beating down on us from all the windows, which is not something that the English are used to dealing with. And, and Gary will vouch for that from uh, his, his couple of trips. They don't like the sun. They, they don't care for the sun. They are not sun people. A shout-out to everybody who was in, in our room, our, our merry American room there in uh, in, in uh, the one corner outside the, the panel hall. I, I don't want to get into listing people because invariably you forget somebody and feelings get hurt. But uh, I, I came in contact with a whole bunch of folks that weekend just about three weeks ago now. And, um, uh, of course, by the time this episode is up, uh, we'll be gearing up for Rollout Roll Call 7. You know it. <laughs> but uh, but it was uh, it was a great time. And, and, again, highly recommended. If you get the opportunity, if, you can, uh, if, you know, if you're taking a vacation out that way and you are doing so around a Rollout Roll Call time, it is certainly worth it to go stateside. If you're listening to us from overseas, get there. If you're in the U.K., Get on a train. Every All roads lead to Southampton in that country, so you don't have an excuse to not get in and be a part of it. All roads lead to Southampton because if they went any further, going to the They'd sea. They'd be in the ocean, yes. Still, you know, it, they could not bleed there and just be next to the ocean anyway. Next news item. <laughs> next news item. <laughs> they could just be sitting around by the water anyway. Kind of like on the East Coast. Yeah, you're going to have to bleep out her name. Yeah, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. I got to go take a lap. But in the meantime, uh, next news item. <laughs> take a lap. Hustle up. You know, New York you know Comic-Con review. We turn it over to our lead New York Comic-Con reporter, Joe Colton. <laughs> well, there was nothing to report on G.I. Joe. Next news item. Next news item. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Um, I... Did get to see Sergeant Slaughter, so Woo. yeah, he. Uh, does he know you by name? He does. Really? <laughs> well, at RetroCon, I uh, I I mediated the voice actor panel with Morgan Lofting and uh, Zach Hoffman and Sergeant Slaughter. Excellent. He's we a have... really nice guy. Very humble. Uh, we have heard that. Yes, good wrestler. <laughs> So. Hey, they, they still throw him in the ring once in a while. At, at his age, you you got to be in some some pretty excellent condition for that to, to work out well. Good for him. Oh, he'll put you in a headlock if you ask him. Uh, Man hey, or woman. <laughs> I, I'm not concerned about if I ask him. I'm concerned about if I don't ask him. <laughs> well, if he gets to come to JoeCon, I guess we could try that. <laughs> He's been to JoeCon. Yeah. Back in 2006, New Orleans? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was the New Orleans one I was not for there for, so... I'm less of a fan. You are. But anyways, go on with uh, New York Comic Con, Joe. Lots of toys, very crowded, lots of cosplayers. There's a there's a lot of um, customs this time around. I didn't expect that at uh, New York Comic Con. And a lot of third-party uh, Transformers being sold. So it's pretty good. Good to see the new stuff that's coming out, stuff that I can't afford for Transformers. So, but yeah, it was, it was a good con. Wait a minute, we got another fourth chair to collect Transformers. What the f***? No, no, no. 
Don't collect every Transformer. What the f***? All right, take a lap. All right. <laughs> I just bought my first two Masterpiece Transformers in the past week, so... Get, ah. Take a lap. Take a lap. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, <laughs> New York, New York Comic Con. Anything else you want to add? Nobody's got a reaction to something as lame as take a lap. <laughs> Nobody's got something for take a lap. I'm, I'm walking around the apartment. If that makes you feel better, she's taking her lap. I guess. I, I anyway. I'm, I'm not going to. Are you carrying that, the sewing machine on your shoulder while you do it? Probably. No. All right. Drinking wine. Back to the well. No, that's almost. That's almost as good. I'm sure Justin can turn that into something. Horribly sophomoric and sexist as well. I wasn't trying to be sexist. <laughs> trying. Just trying to congratulate. It just comes naturally, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't trying. It just kind of comes naturally. Just try to be sexy. Anyway. Exactly. But uh, as far as New York Comic Con goes, I know it's, a, as Joe fans, it's a little outside of our folks' uh, scope. But would, is this a, an event you would recommend as, as, as an attendee? Uh, it depends on... If you're a collector and you collect old stuff, there's not a lot. But if you're if you collect a lot of the the modern stuff, then yeah, it's a good place to go. You won't find a lot of dealers uh, doing comic books, other than the high up high high end uh, comic books. Sounds like this show is evolving, much like San Diego Comic Con did, when it actually started off as a comic con and now starting to kind of grow into a little bit more of a pop culture gathering that's exactly what it is it's becoming more industry based um a lot of hollywood and marketing stuff is coming in and it's it's less of the comic book the traditional comic cons that i grew up with or you guys grew up with so but it's an interesting evolution did you run into anybody there that said that used to go to san diego but now they're going to new york because it's growing into the same thing it's just there's not the hundred thousand plus humanity in those convention rooms convention halls there's a lot of people who don't want to go back to san diego because it's become so big i haven't been to san diego comic-con i i want to go to see it but i tend to do more of the conventions that are more of the traditional other than dragon con which is its own animal so but yeah there's uh there's a couple of our friends that have gone to san diego that don't want to go back like they've been there done that check the list and they just now go to New York Comic Con because it's basically the same thing, not as crowded. So fair enough. All right, next news item. Next news item. Let's uh, keep going on our show review spectacular here. Dial the calendar back to Botcon. Actually, some GI Joe style reviews or reveals oh, rather at Botcon from the the GI Joe Collectors Club. Stop crossing the streams, damn it! Yeah, a little bit, uh, Gary. I knew you wouldn't you wouldn't like that segment one bit, but uh, they they did reveal uh, in addition. Well, of course, we, you know we all know about Marissa Fairborn. We all know about Old Snake and the the transformable bats. We won't get into that too much here. Revealed at Botcon this year from that synthoid episode that involved Old Snake, two of the human Autobots. They build them as Springer and RC. Uh, if you're looking at the figures, uh, the, the pictures that were, were floating out there, it looks more like it's, it's Rodimus and RC. Yeah, um, it is It is Rodimus. I think there was an, an early report that it was <clears throat> Springer, but no, it's definitely a Rodimus. Yeah, he's in the, the, the orange jumpsuit. I'll, I'll be honest with you, fellas. I thought that was a good episode back in the day, but even then, I can remember hating those weird-ass jumpsuits that they had them dressed in with a passion. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't say I'm terribly excited to see these in, in plastic figure form, but if you're one of those fans that likes everything, at least it it was a, a stone previously unturned. 
Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I love G.I. Joe. I love Transformers. Um, I love, you know, kind of seeing them mixed together in certain ways. But these these two aren't particularly grabbing me a whole lot just because, like Mike said, that the source designs are so weird. It just I don't know. It doesn't really seem to fit with G.I. Joe as it stands. It I, was I, the future. It was the year 2005. True. Well, yeah, that's pretty far in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do like the figure build for Rodimus. I think that he's got some cool parts, but you know, just the it's not anything that I think really blends that well with any either my existing Transformers or my existing GI Joe collection. It's kind of hovering somewhere in the middle there. So points for creativity, but I'm not giving yeah. it much for, for anything else. I hope everyone remembers this segment the next time that they take the internet and call us shills for the club. <laughs> But hey, uh, keep they it- gotta try new things, and kudos to them for trying new things. And you know, if this is going to appeal to some people, and good for them. And I kind of like that they're adding to the cast from, you know, what is it? Only Human is that the name of the episode? I think. I, I think so. Bacon will be in Louisville next year, and I just a matter of fact, a week from now, I will actually be in that area and probably in that very hotel with uh, my own convention. Nice, so, you, you, you scary Godsocon. Gary Godso Khan. Nice. The uh, future Godsos of America, the FGA. <laughs> wow, I don't think Debbie would like that much. What's the exclusive figure for that con? <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Holy. Next news item. Oh. News item. We're going to stick with the club. That is uh, harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is like. <laughs> city tonight. I mean, unusual. Yes. That's what it's going to be at Future Gary's of America. City? All right. City. Sign yeah. me up. I'm not saying anything. It's nothing like that. Now, you'll notice that I, I was not the one who dragged Gary's actual employer into this. I was willing to let it just be this nebulous thing. But okay, fine, whatever. Blame me. I'm the They already know anyways. It, it amazes me what people recite to me from, from things that we've said on previous shows that I have no recollection of whatsoever. So I'm sure they do. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember that time that uh, Chuck sounded like a chick? Yeah. No. That was, anyways, moving on. Concept humor. Concept humor. Let's stick with the G.I. Joe Club. Uh, they did reveal next, uh, this coming year's incentive figure. We've gotten some images of Pythona. Uh, that's that's got the fan club all abuzz. Uh, Yay. We're going to go to lead Cobra Law enthusiast Justin Bell for more. <laughs> Thank God. I thought he was going to throw it to me for a second. I know better than that. There's funny, and then there's funny but can't be mined for material. And throwing that to you is in that latter category. And there's been uh, fan demand for Pythona for quite a while now, which is funny because, you know, as Gary's alluded to, most of the fans really seem to hate Cobra Law, or they always have through the years. So um, it's kind of surprising that there's uh, been a big clamoring for Pythona in recent years. But, the you know, Dave Lane from the Collectors Club has come out and said you know, several times that they don't want to do it if they can't do it right. So, you know, they got a little bit creative, I guess, this year and, and made it happen. And she's got what looks to be a new head sculpt, uh, new hands, and it looks like it's a new upper torso, too. I might be wrong on that, but the I upper torso so. does look different. The hair is new, too. Oh, yeah. New new head sculpt and hair sculpt. And the hair is removable. So if you want to tuck the hood up over her head, you can do that, which is pretty cool. 
you know, it looks like as far as parts go, you know, the arms look like they're probably, you know, renegade scarlet arms, which look pretty slim and can kind of mix for, you know, a bodysuit type of look. The rest of it is it's a little tough to tell with all the detailing over it. It looks like a pretty decent representation. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how all the fabric wrinkles in the parts underneath mesh with the deco. Obviously, all the circular lines and stuff all over her is all just paint apps, just deco work. There's no raised sculpts there or anything like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what the final sample looks like. The mock-up, I think, looks really fantastic. Obviously, mock-ups are just 2D, and, and some of the problems that might arise with the Pythona figure are three-dimensional. But uh, I'm just glad that they're finding some way to get her out on people's shelves. Um, you know, granted, it still feels like it's not quite complete because now you've got Nemesis Enforcer and Pythona in modern style, but you've got the others only in vintage style. And so, you know, there's still some area for some new, uh, some other Cobra Law uh, figures to be created. I am okay if they want to go down that route. Do not make it a concept. Please do not make it a concept. I don't see them doing that just because, I mean, like like you said, I just don't, I don't think they would invest their flagship convention set in a concept that I don't believe they think that the fans would go absolutely crazy for a Cobra Law convention set. I mean, getting a free Cobra Law figure as the incentive figure is one thing. Dumping, you know, 400 bucks into a convention set with, you know, 10 Cobra Law figures would be another. I I wouldn't mind it. I'd love to see them do some Royal Guards and, and stuff like that in a convention set, but... In order for them to do it right, it almost seems like there'd be too much new tooling required in order to make it work, and and I wouldn't want them to hodgepodge it together. Unlike you and maybe some of us on this podcast, when we ask the club for something, we tend to put more thought behind it. Yeah, sure. You see the blurts out of, I want to see Cobra Law versus Sky Patrol or whatever, and it's Cobra Law versus whomever. Yeah. Careful what you ask for. I'd rather see that much like they did with Old Snake, yeah. where they managed to put Old Snake in two bats into kind of a three-pack. Yeah. Maybe come out with the remainder of the Cobra Law figures in some sort of you know, $70, $80 three-pack. Right. Or maybe come out piece at a time over the next three years to the FSS. Yeah. But I just do not want to see a Jokon set now to finish off Cobra Law. I think there's other ideas they can go to. Yeah, I'm, and I don't disagree. I mean, as, as much of a fan of Cobra Law as I am, I I can understand people's hesitation to seeing a whole convention set devoted to it. And I would be a little concerned that it wouldn't sell as well as the club might think it would. So, yeah, I would be concerned about them. I think there's there's still a lot of other ground to cover before we get to the point of investing, you know, 12, 15 different figures in a Cobra Law set. Yeah. Not to mention all the recolored Galobuluses we'd get afterwards. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know how they would even do. I don't think they'd be able to do Galobulus, really. I mean, that tooling. Now with legs. Out. It's like Psych Out with a new head. He's gone tech on us. Everybody out there is saying, well, why don't they just give him the boss fight tail? It does not work. Yeah, number one, the, the tail from the Vitruvian Hacks figures does not fit the G.I. Joe Buck. Number two, and probably more importantly, is that part is a boss fight owned and trademarked part. They created that. It's not licensed to to Hasbro or the club. The Hasbro, Hasbro and the club can't just kind of call up boss fight and say, hey, let us use that tail, all right? Um, that, it's their own product. Can I get some tail? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Eric Aranya, how about giving us some tail? 
I just, I see a lot of people making those comments as far as, well, boss fight already did the tail. They can just use that for Globulus. Just no, it's not going to, it physically won't work. And legally, I think legally, if they just happen to snap together, it's probably not a good thing. Right. Yeah. Boss fight one. I mean, part of the reason why they're doing their Vitruvian hacks line is they want to do their own thing. They're not just trying to to make parts that can complement GI Joe figures. So I think if you want to buy a Vitruvian hacks figure and make a Globulus custom, more power to you. But I think assuming that somehow that snake tail can be used for a Hasbro product, I think you're kind of fooling yourself. I mean, Hasbro's got to go through all these different safety regulations that boss fight doesn't necessarily have to do too so hasbro probably wouldn't even want it in the first place it's not going to work that way my question is with removable hair does that make this the first gi joe with a toupee <laughs> and lastly uh Good joe question. colton lead, lead female correspondent joe colton your reaction i like it i like the paint looks good is this your costume for next year no <laughs> james did it already well there's james doing it and then there's well there's being done. james doing it <laughs> being done in the right mold, so to speak. <laughs> Is it because I have boobs and an ass? <laughs> James has an ass. That's where the gas comes from. But James <laughs> did fake did fake the boobs. The, the boobs were fake. I have firsthand knowledge of that. No, it's not my costume next year. <laughs> so does, so does okay. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, next news item. The world wanted to know. All right. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, eh, maybe not, but that's never really been what we've been about. No, it's like James Cavanaugh, you say? Tell us more. Tell us more about James Cavanaugh. In the meantime, next news item. Loyal Subjects Wave 2 has been revealed and, and previewed, and I'm sure you've seen it in any number of places. Personally, not a big fan of the super deformed stuff. It's just another rehash of some retros things. I, I love the energy. I love that uh, that somebody wants to do something with G.I. Joe like this to keep it in the consciousness. But I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm retroed out. So I'm, I'm glad there's folks buying this. I hope they do well. But it's it's not going to be because of me. Your guys' thoughts? I like that they're pushing the limits a little bit and actually adding some pretty decent articulation to these things. I think that's pretty cool. You know, they've got elbow joints and knee joints and some ball joints in there, too. And the fact that they're doing little miniature vehicles is a pretty nice touch. Uh, I think they're going a step above not only what they did for their own Series 1 of the G.I. Joe Loyal Subjects, but they're going a step above what, you know, the Funko Pop stuff has been doing, which has been basically, you know, just the straight-up retro bobblehead type of type of format. So part of me thinks, you know, it's kind of a neat idea. And, um, you know, I'll probably buy a couple. I don't know if I'll dive headlong into the whole line, but I definitely really at least want to check out the articulation and stuff like that on, on a few of them. Kind of a step in the right direction. I mean, it's never going to be a main focus of my collection. Well, like you said, it, it is the best line of its kind. Yep. Uh, with, without question. I, I give them all kinds of props. I don't want to make it sound like I'm hating on it. Oh, it's yeah, just, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't vary my scales too much. I'm about out of right. space as it is. It just doesn't grab me as as a as a whole line kind of thing, right? If if I you know if I'm at a at a hot topic or at you know a, a books a million or Barnes and Noble or wherever they might they have some, I'll probably buy a few and check them out. But I'm not going to be like specifically ordering them online and seeking any out and trying to real hard to complete my collection or anything like that. No snow job, no Gary buy. No snow, no go. Huh? <laughs> no snow, no go. Till I see a snow job figure, guys, you're not getting me on board. Joe Colton. Uh, I like the the Baroness that I saw. Snake Eyes was good. Uh, Blowtorch was good. But the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones, I was like, what is that? I can't. I can't get on board with that. (laughs) 
I think I think like you guys said, it it's uh, it's an interesting concept. They're doing some really cool stuff. But if I get any, there'll be a select few, like the Blowtorch, the Baroness, even Major Blood's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I might be might be in for a for a beachhead, but that'd be about it. Again, if if you like them, great. By all means, get out, support them. That is the name of the game. We're not saying you shouldn't like it, but if you like it, go get it. Next news item, come forward uh, on some more new product that we've uh, gotten to, to sample. Of course, uh, Marauder Task Force, uh, which we, we, we've we had, uh, you know, Marauder John has been on the show a couple times in the past with his products. We, we, we're kind of on hiatus for this last round with uh, the Valkyries. We'll touch base on Valkyries in, in a second. The Valkyries or Valkyries? I think either is, is considered acceptable. Okay. Judge's decision. Everybody's uh, Marauder Task Force stuff should be in. Uh, if they're not in, it's because no one loves you. Um, I am assuming that everybody here has at least partaken a little bit of that uh, that selection. Mm-hmm. Well, we know Justin has an entire wall set aside for them. But, uh, <laughs> Justin's at home. I need more space for my army of orange guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you, Justin. You, you've, uh, you're, you're the toy reviewer in, in this crowd. Uh, you're the best at articulating uh, yourself in terms of, of what these guys do and what they're about. So by all means, your, your impressions now that you've got marauder task force in hand yeah they're they're great i mean i'm glad they took a little bit of time with the factory to get um get some of those issues resolved um because i think the figures are probably better for it the articulation is great the swappable parts are great a lot of customizing um that can be done i mean there's a marauder task force group on facebook that is just filled with people just doing some minor part swaps that end up looking really great yeah, and I've really enjoyed what I've got from them so far. I mean, all I would say is just, you know, keeping in with the tone of the review I did on generalshows.com is just making sure if, if you want them to stay in a certain configuration, you'll probably want to think about using a little glue or something like that. But by and large, the figure design is terrific, and, and Valkyries looks to be more of the same, just really nice, intricate Really great um, sculpting and, and input design by Boss Fight. Some great accessories, you know. And and the best thing to me, I guess, about the whole thing is just, you know, you're supporting a guy in Marauder John who loves the hobby, um, is a big fan of toy collecting. You can tell he puts a lot of love into it. He puts, you know, he's got fantastic customer service. He's is out there to try to do something new and exciting, and it feels real good to be able to support somebody like that. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a big part of any of these successful Kickstarters, especially if you're not one of the big boys. you got to kind of go out there and, and put your own name out there, and, and your reputation will sell you or not sell you, and I think that's a big boon for Marauder John, and the toys are fantastic, and I think anybody who's got, who doesn't have them yet, you know, you hit up to Marauder com and and pick a few up and hopefully you got in on the Valkyries too that Kickstarter ended you know a little while ago a few weeks ago I'm sure he'll have some of those up for sale in the store too once tooling and and production is ready you know the Steadicam Gunner is fantastic from the Valkyries set the Night Ops ones are probably my favorite ones I I like those a lot with a little shotgun sheath on the back and they look like really great figures and you just know that with uh, what we've seen from the Marauder Task Force the articulation is going to be great the quality is going to be good they're just really awesome some base figures to, to build an army around. I agree. I, I got them. I kind of had to put them away for a while. Like I, I got them right as I was moving. Um, <laughs> and I, I had to put them away. I had to hide them from myself because mm. I had too much work to do. Because the first one, I, I got them and opened them. I sat down and just plugged parts together for probably six hours. 
Yeah. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I gotta, I gotta get my apartment set up. I gotta move furniture. I gotta lift a giant TV. Um, and so I, I hid them for myself for a while. They are that much fun just to get put together. Yeah. One of the few things I bought at Rollout Roll Call was more Marauder Task Force figures. Sure, let's fly overseas and buy stuff that you, yeah doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that that's the irrational love that we're dealing with here. Gary, you got in on this. Yeah, I didn't get on the level that you guys got. I don't think. I think I got like one of each of the decos that he had. A lot of little pre-lost stuff. Yes, <laughs> many pieces do count in the Godso lexicon as pre-lost. So uh, that is that is as Justin said, it is uh, you know something that you've got to be aware of when you buy in on these things. Joe Colton, you got uh, you got any Marauder Task Force? Uh, I got the Valkyries, so I'll wait. Say so, there you go, waiting for the ladies. You know you're allowed to like the boy characters. I know, I do. Okay. I I'm just, just saying uh, we we like the girl characters. You're allowed to like the boy characters. I do like the boy characters. I just didn't get a chance to get any uh, at the time. My funds were not available. I apologize. It's funny to me. Uh, that's a discussion that I used to have with my sister when we were both children. And her retort was usually something along the lines of, I know I'm allowed, but boys stink. And so <laughs> I, I'm sitting here kind of smiling to myself. They I mean, granted, stink. it is. It's part of our charm. You're kind of in our age group. Uh, you're 44, I think. Um, wow, dude. What is wrong with you today? <laughs> City, what did I tell you? Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting a friggin' walker for Joe Con and hearing aid. How about that? Some dentures. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 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 it's just fun to be me. Can I not Can I not have fun being me? Is that not allowed? No. We're in Phil right now. Next stop, Pittsburgh. <laughs> All aboard that's coming aboard. End of the line at New Testicles. Okay. Next news item is coming up right sooner, aren't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's go back to school for this one. Justin Bell, you're giving a Marauder Task Force a grade A to F. What are we looking at? I would say a good solid um, for the task force, probably an A minus. I mean, I I I love them. But with the uh, you know the the swappable parts, they're not quite as playable as I might like. But um, but they're still fantastic. So you know, give them an A minus. Gary Gatto. I can agree with the A. Joe Colton. Boys stink. <laughs> Call that an incomplete. True debt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I'm gonna agree with uh, with Justin and, and go with the A minus. The the one criticism I have, I wish those leg guards came off. Yeah. It looks like they've got something that they got fixed for Valkyries. Uh, the the Valkyries figures looks like they those those guards are removable. Uh, so maybe going forward, maybe the next project will have a, a male figure that that doesn't have to have those those big shin guards. Well, the uh, the Steadicam Gunner doesn't have them as part of the. No, he does not. You're right. So I think that's that'll lead to hopefully more uh, more different decos without them, which would be cool. That's fantastic. Somebody's phone is blowing up. And it's not mine. It is mm. mine. Shut yeah, well, that, that's kind of how that who that leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them that you're almost done, even though you're probably not almost done. No, we both know that. That was a lie. Yeah, fair enough. Now, next news item, yeah. Next news item, we're a, we're a little roundtable discussion here, and we're going to give it the title, You Found a Gung-Ho? Uh, and, of course, uh, the, the source of this, uh, probably the number one angst vehicle on on joe fans minds these days uh, the 50th anniversary of course 
is in in Toys R Us stores nationwide. It's not the 50th. No, but it's still part of the 50th anniversary collection. Whatever. I'm not going to sit here and call it the 51st anniversary collection because who's the now? You. Yeah, but you're helping. (laughs) You're on the train. I'm just driving it. (laughs) So there, there we go. There, on on record, Gary Godso driving the train to town. Hey, where you get off and decide to be a that's your call. I just take the train there. I'm throwing the door open on the cargo car, just screaming, woo, the entire way. I like that you're in the cargo car. <laughs> what the hell? Why are you up in the baggage car? Yeah. Well, because uh, I, I am also throwing everyone's luggage out the side of the train, because that's what we do. See? But uh, anyways, the number one angst vehicle for Joe fans right now, nobody can find that gung-ho. Uh, the gung-ho and shadow Crimson Guard guy, they are single-packed in the case. Uh, along with the Blowtorch and Crockmaster pack, but those seem to be kind of plentiful. Because, hey, Blowtorch. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Re- remember, remember this the next time, just, you, Eddie, the words escape your mouth. Justin Bell shills for Hasbro. <laughs> remember this. Have you not found one yet? Who, me? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm all set. I have not found a gun hoe yet. Oh, yeah. All right. Surprising day. I have one only through the uh, the humanitarian efforts of Draper. Yeah, I oh, cheated. Yeah, I, I bought a case at Entertainment Earth, so that's... Uh, uh, that's not really cheating, though. That's actually being smart. I'd have done the same thing, but at, at that moment, my funds were not available. Yeah. So so I've, I've managed to find one. I actually saw the Alpine 3-pack for the first time in the wild today. Uh, it's not one I'm looking for, so I just kind of left it go. I'm looking for that one, too, I think. Why would you want it? Didn't you get that stuff the first time around? Sure. <laughs> so life of the life of the Joe fan, you you buy the same thing four or five six times. The, I, the only two for three packs I have right now are the uh, the sneak attack and the, the chase for the master dice. Okay, so you're needing which ones? The one with hit and run, and All right. I guess the one with uh, Alpine. All right. Well, I I will go back tomorrow and see if they're there, and if they if they have them, I will pick them up for you. Thank you. But anyways, moving forward. Joe Colton, do you have? A, have you managed to find a gung ho? Two, actually. Thank you. Wow. Did you give one to John? <laughs> yes, one was for John. Mm. <laughs> Sappy sentimentalism could have made you a hundred bucks <laughs> right there. <laughs> His love is worth more than that. <laughs> worth more than fourteen ninety nine. You're too good. He's standing right next to you, isn't he? No. <laughs> Blink twice if he's in the room. <laughs> Visual gags on an audio podcast. <laughs> Remember, she's drinking. This is also true. But that's kind of par for the course, too. So I, I I don't see how that really affects. We really didn't know her as a drinker until this year. I like to think that we've helped drive her to drink. Because she's pretty contemptible. So when she drinks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's a shame. We like John and we like her mom. But we, eh, Joe Colton, I could take her leave. <laughs> Jesus. Man, that <laughs> I'd like wow. to wring her neck. <laughs> wow, you're just taking that to another level there. <laughs> that's what we get out of a conversation with Gung Ho. Yes, that's that's our <laughs> Gung Ho discussion. But uh, anyways, uh, just uh, does anybody have any thoughts on this? I mean, I'll, I'll start it off. I uh, It's another one of those questionable distribution issues from Hasbro. I mean, you've got yeah. the most desirable character in the entire wave, perhaps in the entire two years of the 50th collection. You put him with a pretty pretty reasonably desirable troop builder 
and then you make them one per case. They could have put that ca- they could have put that pack three per case, and they'd still probably be selling pretty well. And yes, I know I'm exaggerating because the rest of them are all two per. And, but you you follow my line of thinking on that one. Yeah, you sound like an average poster on a GI Joe discussion group. Kind of. I trust I'll find one eventually. It, it's the one place where I think they've got some beef to it. Maybe I just will just throw up our fists in solidarity there, and that uh, we're all holding out for a gung ho. Keep hunting. Keep buying the other ones. Otherwise, they won't get more stock in. And uh, if you've got an extra, by all means, don't be a d- I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> it's not an extra. It's John's. We like John. We're not going to take his toys. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant give you mine. Well, no, because then you'd be loosed on the community to go steal one from somebody else. <laughs> no. Knowing some of her fanboys, they'd just give her one. True. True. I would not take it. Here's a gung-ho for you. <sighs> Joe, you and I both know you're a filthy liar. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it. I like the hunt. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We are now on that edge where it can really go either way right here, so we next just go next item. Next item. <laughs> does, anybody yeah. have a, does anybody have a coherent thought on the subject before we move forward? It'll all equal out. Right now, they're starting to peg warm as it is, aren't they? Not this character. Right, the rest of the 50th line. Besides this figure, most of it is kind of you know peg warming right now. But, I mean, it will it, it will equal out eventually. And But I do agree with Mike that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to not you know pack. I mean, they, they double-packed Spirit and Storm Shadow, I think. But they don't double-pack this one. I don't really get that. I'm sure it was some kind of retailer thing where they thought the ninja would be more popular or something i don't know but i mean i can see why they multi-packed the steel brigade and iron grenadier figure because you know obviously it's got a couple troop builders so you'd think that one might be a little bit more popular but i would have said forget the spirit and storm shadow and double pack the gung-ho shadow guard first this is just speculation it could have been that they're banking on the popularity of storm shadow true well, you know, that's that's probably a good point, too, because G.I. Joe does have those flagship characters that Storm Shadow is one of, and they probably figured that it's Storm Shadow, and, you know, he's going to be more popular. So, But, you know, I think my case from – I'm trying to remember. My case from Entertainment Earth might have actually also had a second Cobra Commander in Shipwreck. Yes. Um, but, again, I think that's probably Cobra Commander, the same thing. He's a flagship character, and they don't consider either Gung-Ho or the – Crimson Shadow Guard to be flagship characters, so they don't warrant that second pack in the case, which you know, frankly, I think they could drop the extra Cobra Commander Shipwreck and Storm Shadow Spirit and pack three Gung-Ho Shadow Guards in the case right now and not sell out, but... Um, yeah, people would buy them. That's the army builder for you. It's a good figure. The, the take, Regardless of what you think of, 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 you know, I know some folks are kind of like, well, I would only buy one because the Crimson Guard should be special, whatever. I, I, you know, I don't care. Some people need to have 50 of them just yep. because they're army builders. Gung-Ho is great custom fodder, too. I mean, even if you end, even if you don't have a friend who needs Gung-Ho and you end up with three or four of them, he's got some you know great base parts to build customs off of. So Very true. Our friend uh, Rage and Spoon, in fact, at Rollout Roll Call, had a, a set where you could make an Action Force gaucho. Mm. You know, it said the orange vest and the the different hat. Nice. Uh, so, so that right there, I mean, everybody was looking around for a gung ho because they wanted to make the action force guy, but there were none to be found. I took over an entire suitcase of 50th collection and came home with next to none of it, but there was not a, a gung ho to be found. I cleaned out two Toys R Uses, 
uh, two times, and there was never a gung ho. Yeah, yeah. I've no, I've it's, got mine from Entertainment Earth, but I've never seen them at retail. So, so we we have a, a grand total of zero seen in the wild. Or Joe, did you find yours in the wild? I found mine at uh, two different Toys R Uses. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they well, were. La so- Luck of the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go downhill really fast. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be polite about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh huh. But next news item. Yeah. So we drag that one kicking and screaming into the gutter. <laughs> Next news item, uh, Hasbro has has presented us with some characters from the Kindle World's uh, pages that you can find on Amazon. Uh, they have put four of them, or will be putting four of them in a poll, and the winner of that poll will be made into a character in the next G.I. Joe assortment. One of those characters, created by none other than our own Justin Bell. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Golf clap. <laughs> So, Justin, why Thank don't you, you talk, talk a little bit about Whisper for us, and why do we want to vote for Whisper when this poll gets posted? Why do you want to vote for You want to vote for Whisper because um, she is actually has some kind of tie-ins to the Marvel G.I. Joe continuity. The character I, I developed for my Price of Peace fan fiction, I kind of I framed as a daughter figure for Cobra Commander with, within that book. The story behind her is she was actually an orphan from a remote fishing village that ended up getting pretty much burned down to the ground. And she was taken in by Cobra commander who kind of twisted her to his will. And, and, and this stuff wasn't, didn't, couldn't all be part of Hasbro's little file car. There wasn't enough room on the text, but essentially, you know, the, if people can think back to Marvel's GI Joe number one, when, um, Adil Burkhart was captured and stored at, you know, Cobra's sinister castle on kind of their first iteration of Cobra Island, which wasn't really Cobra Island, but was a little island fortress. There was a small fishing village there that got wiped out, that Cobra wiped out to try to keep G.I. Joe from coming after them. And the way my story kind of ties in is that fishing village was where a Whisper was, and she managed to kind of escape the massacre and survive on her own. And Cobra Commander found her and convinced her that uh, G.I. Joe was the one that, that tore down her fishing village and kind of brought her in and and created her to be his personal assassin. He actually kind of groomed her for a very specific purpose in my Price of Peace uh, fan fiction, which is actually it's broken up into three separate parts on Kindle Worlds. She, you know, he she is revealed and she enacts that mission that she's been groomed to do, and pretty much groomed her whole life, and she succeeds at it, and you know goes through through the novel and um, is actually you know kind of still out there. And uh, so she's, you know, an ongoing character in my Dial Story universe, which has been going on for, you know, 14 years now. It's very cool that they're even considering this. The fact that Robert Atkins did the artwork for her for that little uh, board that they revealed at New York Comic Con is awesome. I, of course, had to drop Robert a line and thank him profusely for doing uh, such a great job sketching her out. It's really cool that a character that I kind of came up with and you know initially i just kind of i i created her to fill a certain role in this book and the fact that she might actually be an action figure is just amazing and i think that's very cool and since she has this role in my dial story universe it's kind of a cool idea to to see her conceptualized in some kind of action figure form so i really hope that people will consider throwing a vote whispers way it's it the vote will be up on um on hasbro's pulse website it's pulse.hasbro.com you can go there right now and sign up and create your account and at least you know, get a head start on creating your account. The vote's not live yet, 
but um, you can get your account created and uh, be prepared because once the vote is live, you can bet I'm going to be uh, spamming it pretty heavily and, and trying to get the vote out there for Whisper. And I did Darkness Falls last year, which was kind of my wrap up to my Dio Story universe. Uh, left some open ends out there, um, and I'm I'm actually writing up a follow-up Dio story. And if Whisper does get chosen and does get built into action figure form, I've got a nice little story to tell. Um, so you know, a vote for Whisper is also going to be a vote for uh, a continuation of my Dio story universe too. Try to tie up some of those loose ends and and do something a little interesting with that. So hopefully. People uh, agree that she's a cool-looking figure, and I'm really excited to see what happens. But, you know, I will say also that I know the other three guys really well. You know, Jim, who uh, whose character, Adventure Team Marcus, is a really cool character as well from his, his fiction. I know he feels the same way about his that I do feel about mine. And we've got, obviously, Stiletto from Bill Ledson's work, and we've got Blackjack from uh, Troy Osgood's work. So they're all really cool looking characters. And obviously, you know, I'm, I, I'm friends with the guys that all wrote the books. I'm going to be happy for them, whatever, whatever happens. But I'm still going to be pulling for Whisper and hope she does it. But uh, whoever wins, it, it'll be good for the community, I think, to have a fan-inspired figure out there and um, maybe encourage more people to submit content to Kindle Worlds with the idea that maybe they'll get their favorite character out there as well. So vote Whisper is what you're saying. Vote Whisper, yes, absolutely. How'd you come up with the name Whisper? You know, it's um, it was just kind of the the idea was that she was obviously a silent. I I don't want to overburden the whole ninja concept. She's not a ninja. She's got a mask. You know, she's got a kind of balaclava mask. I never intended her to be a ninja per se. She's just kind of a silent weapons commando infiltration type of person, and that makes sense. Somebody who is you know silent silent operations would have a name that kind of references a pretty quiet sound so that's really what what kind of keyed it off for me was just that idea of of somebody who's really quiet and comes in and leaves and you don't even know she's been there but i i do want to make sure that i'm clear that she isn't a ninja that's not her gig she's just she's kind of a silent assassin so to speak i love how the whole time you fought saying silent but deadly <laughs> i almost did I could sense it was coming. I did drop the silent assassin bit to mention as, of, yeah, as no. opposed to a non-silent assassin. Well, as, as, as opposed, opposed to, to something that, assassin, as opposed to something that wouldn't get Tom Matthias hunting him down day and night until that's a trademark until you know. he's dead. <laughs> Tom, we just got going with the podcast again. Please leave him alone, please. <laughs> it's interesting. The name Whisper, if you're a Bond fan, used to be a Bond villain. Yep. I noticed that the you have her file name as Bella Justine. <laughs> so nice touch. Thank you. Nice touch. You caught that, huh? I thought I was yes. being all subtle, but yeah, not not uh, not that clever, but but nice touch. From a remote fishing village in upstate New Hampshire. <laughs> remote fishing village in New Hampshire with its, with its three miles of coast. <laughs> She rides bears. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's she's the silent assassin. The, the bears are very quiet. Silent but deadly. Silent but de- the bear has a mask too. Yes, and and a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll move to the next news item. <laughs> uh, I'll give you guys a, an update here. Daniel Murphy has homered again. Wow. There are people in Wrigley Field openly crying. 
Oh, oh my god. Oh, poor Cubs fans. Uh, just like, but at this point, don't you have to sweep the leg on Daniel Murphy? Don't you just have to put one in his ear? Yeah, I was gonna say just drill him in the nuts with the ball or something like that. I mean, bases bases loaded, don't you just walk him anyway? You can't well, pitch to him. It's too late now. I mean it's it's over now. You'd just be you'd be wounding him for the rest of the series. So I guess yeah, that's it's six straight playoff game homer. Yeah, it is wow. eight one. 8-1 in the 8th, so bye Cubs. There is no Red Sox comeback on this nope. one, folks. Back to the future day, straight down the shoulder. That is, it is back to the future day. Gary, you got to make sure that you have uh, Huey Lewis in the news as our closing song. I could absolutely do that. Got to be back in time. I can do that. Okay. I am a fan of Huey Lewis in the news. As uh, 80s children, he is part of our established vernacular. Oh, yeah. And for, for some people who are, are pretty old, like Joe Colton. She probably didn't even know who Huey Lewis in the news is. She's Googling it right now. Googling as we speak. She is lying. There's no, you don't know who Huey Lewis in the news is. She is lying. I don't. Oh, good Lord. I'm so that is, that is, that is a lie. (laughs) Tip to be square. I I do not believe this. You can believe this if you want. She is a liar. I want a new drug. (laughs) But it does what it should. (laughs) One that don't make me feel too bad. One that don't make me feel feel too too good. good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, eight three. Cubs are back in this. Oh shit! It's all downhill Seriously? from here. It's eight to three. There, it is eight to three, but that doesn't mean they're back in it. No, it's garbage uh. time. But Joe would have totally been lost on that episode we were talking about Hall and Oates. Yeah, Hall and Oates trivia night. I know who Huey Lewis in the news is, guys. I'm not that bad. Now you do after you Googled it. Yeah, you can believe that if you want. Liar. Ah. Okay. <sighs> Next news item, and that can lead into our interview segment. Correct. Uh, our next news item is is kind of a, a self righteous plug that you'll uh, you'll hate us for, but uh, <laughs> we have we have a, an inkling that legendary GI Joe voice talent Zach Hoffman is grifting us at fantasy football. Yeah, he is. Started the season, never played fantasy football before, or Supposedly. so he claims. It's full of started the season three and zero. Logs in more than Justin Bell, which is to say more than once. He's in every week. We were, we were trying to help him out those first couple of weeks. He made better roster moves than we would have done. He has since tailed off. He's now 3-3, three and three, but still very much in the thick of things. Smarter coach than Pete Carroll, that's for sure. And still way plugged in. So we do want to thank Zach for his, his participation as our celebrity guest in the, the Fantasy Football League. We also want to invite you to join Gary, myself, and Jamie Johnson for the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football Weekly Spectacular which we, we've been putting out most every week this season. I think next week we're, we're probably taking a miss because Gary will be at his... his uh, I'll be taking care of farming business. His, his farm business. His seed planting business, if you will. Gary Godzokan. There is no seed planting going on. Plenty of farming business. Are you driving a tractor? <laughs> no, but they will have them on the uh, convention floor. If you get a picture of yourself driving a tractor, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> they will have a static display there. I will climb up on the tractor, take a picture, and we can put it on the face. Make, make, sure you make sure you are waving, <laughs> wearing overalls, and a John Deere cap. And I want some cow tits in your hands. <laughs> that could be a different picture, though. <laughs> getting the cow up on the, the tractor, tractor might be a little... Get, getting the cow on the tractor might be a little tough. Actually, I have somewhat of a uniform I need to be in. I can't go in in overalls. Sorry. You don't, What's you the don't uniform? An FFA shirt and khaki pants. Khakis. Assless chaps. 
Farmers like, don't wear khakis. That is it for the news. That is our last news item in this news <laughs> marathon. See what happens when you don't do a show for six months? News piles up. By the time this episode is posted, there'll be another four months worth of news. Probably another. Exactly. Merry Christmas to everyone. And that's the news. <laughs> Before we get on to the last segment, a while ago, myself, Mike, and who else was, was with us? That would be Draper. Yeah. Where we interviewed Zach Hoffman and Brian Cummings to get their host JoeCon reactions. <laughs> so once again, with the reoccurring theme of JoeCon in a lot of our shows, once more, here it is. It's Zach Hoffman, our first duo interview. We promise no more retro stuff after this this episode. We promise. Uh, joining us this evening, we've got a room full of special guests. Uh, Justin Bell could not be with us tonight uh, due to a scheduling conflict. Uh, so joining us is uh, from Toy World Order, our, our friend uh, and previous co-host, Dave Draper. Hey, thanks for having hey. me. Ah, yeah. Happy to be anywhere. And, uh, of course, our, our, our featured guests this evening, uh, fresh off of their first G.I. Joe convention in Springfield, Illinois, back in April. Hey. Uh, we have uh, guests Zach Hoffman and Brian Cummings, both of whom have been on What's on Joe Mind in the past, and we're going to yeah. chat with them a little bit about their experiences and their their, their introduction to G.I. Joe society, if you will, their first G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe convention and, and their uh, reflections and and feelings and all all their warm, fuzzy stuff connected to that. Gentlemen, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> doing great. We're, we're doing great. Zach, what's up, bro? What's up, Brian? Haven't seen you for a while. It's been a while. Yeah, man. I'm uh, doing really great. I got out of those leotards. They were killing me. Oh, they were wow, sweating. Yeah. But you know what? Place. You uh, looked fantastic in those <laughs> leotards. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> we had a good time, didn't we? Yes. We did. <laughs> It's amazing what leotards can do. That's a better time than I was expecting them to have. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we saw some people in leotards, didn't we? We tend to hang out with people in leotards. <laughs> some people don't need to be in those. But it, it happens anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Back to Zach Hoffman and Brian Cummings up in smoke. Woo! So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in Colorado. I understand that. But I'm, I'm in Washington, so... Uh, Oh, wow. We, you know, okay. It's Both have game that. on here. You guys have this down. Move over. So Cheech. I, I went to visit. I went to visit a friend of mine uh, and and she just moved to a new apartment complex. And and we looked out her back window and she said, this is the only disturbing, disturbing, you know, the this discerning thing was that she looked out her window and she said, you know, that used to be the uh, state run liquor store. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I look over and it, there's this big green sign that says grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why so, that last fire in California, they didn't put it out. The people just kept saying, which way is the wind blowing? Because of all the guys up in the mountains. I'll stand over here and watch the fireman. Was it really crazy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. Yeah, this is totally good. Already gotten, gotten off into a straight place already. Here we go. <laughs> So everyone loves a train wreck. Is there a question? <laughs> oh, that's, that's how we've built built our listening empire, actually. <laughs> Coordinating train wrecks. All right. Good. Okay. So, so uh, we were going to, we were, uh, this has been a crazy spring, so I'm trying to collect my mind, and it's all over the place already. So, uh, for, is that, uh, Zach, you, you had been to Joe Cons before, right? No, no, okay. not at all. This I, I have been to Comic Cons, a couple of Comic Cons okay. before, but right. never anything like this. Yeah, this okay. was something else. So, yeah, so well, I guess we'll, we'll take it back to the beginning of, of relevancy here. Oh, okay. Um, around what? When was the time you guys first heard from 
Brian and, and the gang at, at Fun Publications about doing this, and, and what were what were your initial thoughts? You know, before you got out there, what were you? It's like, what is this, GI Joe? You know, go take us back to whenever it was they first made contact with you. Well, all I can say is uh, I can I can say that it was I guess about seven or eight months before I knew I you know like before I knew I, they booked me I guess yeah. is what the deal was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but I knew that the Joe Con had been going on for quite a while. So I was very excited to get invited to the party, you know, and I didn't know what to expect. But, uh, yeah, I was I was was thrilled to come. And and in my case, last year, about this time, I was invited to a gathering of uh, of people in Southern California who had been involved in in the Joe series and also in Transformers. And and so I met some people. And at that point, they started talking about Joe Con. And it was the first time I'd heard about it. And it sounded absolutely terrific. And and as it turned out, when I got the call from Brian, it was a total surprise. Uh, I had no, no idea that somebody there. Uh, at the gathering in in uh, California, had said you ought to get uh, the Doctor Mindbender to show up. So it was kind of really cool. And, and then it, it took a while to sink in because it was in the fall and uh, about six months before the the event. So I wasn't sure what uh, what was happening. And then I just kind of started immersing myself in the experience. Talked with you guys on the podcast and and kind of hung out. And the the closer we got to, it, the more interested it, uh, interesting it became. But I yeah, having been to a Comic Con, I didn't realize I didn't know if it was going to be really huge or really smaller or what was going to happen and uh nothing prepared me for how cool the situation was it was really spectacular uh, in its own unique way i I said something serious i know there's a couple people probably just fainted i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) stunned and speechless so you guys flew into chicago oh my god I sense a story coming here. Well, let me just say this. Tell us how you got to Springfield. (laughs) I I don't know how it was getting from California to Chicago, but all I know is that that when I left uh, and I had a a nonstop flight from Seattle to Chicago and uh, I I looked at the national map and there was a red freaking dot (laughs) right over And I thought, you know, the city was going to be like torn apart. And and then when I I finally and they put us on the tarmac forever and it it took hours to get there. And I got there, I think, at eight o'clock at night and they closed the airport. So I couldn't get to Springfield. So it was awful. (laughs) It's kind of kind of like like if you use the Thomas guide to find places in cities. The thing about L.A. is you look for like page A2 and go to page B7. And in L.A., the Thomas guide says you can't get there. It was like that. It was like you. But but in my case, uh, I had I had moved. I have uh, I'm kind of semi bicoastal. I'm uh, like almost. So I so I have a, a a home most of the time in Denver, and then I go back and forth between the coasts. So I decided to do road trip time, and so my difference was I didn't get stuck in the airport, but I was I had the storm following on my heels all the way through. I stopped at one point for gas, and they said, "Yeah, storm's coming." And by the time I got back out to my car, storm had hit, and I drove for about you know like forty five minutes. I was just trying to avoid stuff that was flying by me and see the road. But so getting there was interesting. I didn't quite have the same uh, picturesque deal as everybody else did in the airport, but I was on the ground kind of uh, thinking like, uh, is this how Dorothy felt in Wizard of Oz? Only I know it wasn't with me. And I don't look as good in a dress. But, you know, never mind. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. There was no way. There was, I think every, 
if 500 people went to the show, there's probably 500 different stories about getting into Springfield. Sure, sure. Oh, and the other thing that's weird about, about Illinois from the west is that there's a place where there are no major highways heading to Springfield. So, like, the GPS was taking me down successively smaller uh, and more quaint-looking little roads. So you, you kind of had a vision of, like, maybe I'm not going to get there at all. I'm going to find a bunch <laughs> of people behind this big bush, and they're going to say, ha, 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 we got you now. You know, Somebody who's like the real Dr. Mindbender is going to show up, and I'll never get there. Springfield was great. Springfield was, I mean, Springfield was great. It was great. It was not only a great city to, you know, to have the convention and and that everything was really close and the hotels were great. But it was just uh, walked around, and it was a good place to walk. And uh, The history uh, was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Lincoln Museum was not to be missed. Wow. Oh, did you go to the uh, library? I did not make it to the library. I I, I, I was, you know, I was really limited on my time. I, you know, I spent like 10 minutes, you know, not 10 minutes, but I I spent a couple hours uh, going to the Lincoln Memorial, the tomb. And then, uh, but, and I spent, I spent about an hour and a half going through the uh, museum, which I thought was just fascinating. The, the audio visual stuff was world class. It was it was amazing. It was was kind of like Disney and, uh, you know, Walt Disney channeled himself through Steven Spielberg and then put something on the ground. And well, that's what it was. It was phenomenal. When we met when we met the mayor Saturday night, that's what he was telling us was that, uh, uh, you know, that that the guy who uh, put the, the uh, museum together did the animatronics uh, was part of the animatronics team. Whoa. That worked at Disneyland. Okay, so oh, wow. the the uh, mannequins that they had in there had this incredible lifelike uh, look to them, and that that was the reason why. Yeah, and there, there, there were levels. There were things that morphed on top of other. There were things projected on literally on smoke in the room. It was just yeah, fun. yeah, otherworldly. Pretty cool. Well, that's your town, David. Well, I know. I was like the, the main question that I wanted to ask you guys was: Did we treat you well? Wow, were we good to you? Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we, it was it was hard because you, you just didn't want to leave. I mean, was, where did we eat, Brian? Where was that great was, meal? Yeah, that was Ed, it, was, it was. It was this little barbecue place in the middle of the block, and you walked in the front door, and there's this little tiny place, and then they took you to your table, and like you were a quarter of a mile down the road, going from building to building, <laughs> you finally reached your table. It kept on going, and the food was that great. It was kind oh of my god, it was the world to eat there. It was awesome. Did you have one of these Springfield horseshoe sandwiches? I that did. Talks about that. I did. Yeah. I, I did. I. I I had better things, but I did. I had to have. I had to have one, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and you know, about the about the third, you know, about a third of the way through, I went. I don't know. I don't know if this was the best idea, you know. But, but, you know, it was like that Simpsons episode where he keeps eating the. Uh, the pork Sandwich. rinds and, yeah. and the heart and the and the valve sort of close in, you know, and all that cheese and sort of like I could feel it in my heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a way to go, though. <laughs> you get a couple, you know, you have the first couple of bites and you're thinking, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then then uh, then you're kind of slugged through the next third. And then the feeling comes back to your arm, and, and you feel better, and you finish up. It's, it's like you could actually feel different Sad. veins in your body singing harmony with each other. It was amazing. It's like, oh. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. All right, so both of you managed to get to Springfield now. I did that. Yep. And you walk into package pickup night because you guys got to get in there and get all your badges and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see this massive humanity. Now, we know that there's bigger Comic-Cons out there, bigger shows out there, but this is – 
Joe specific. These are guys only here for Joe to see yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys and to get the Joe stuff. What'd you think when you walked in? I, I okay. I'm trying to. I was going to try to make a joke about the guy that was going to do the body cavity search, but I won't do that joke. Uh, <laughs> no, the thing that was it was right. No, it, it was like very, very much bigger than I expected, but yet very focused. Uh, it, was, it was just really an amazing thing. You got there, and everybody was like family. There are people like hugging each other who hadn't seen each other since last JoeCon. There are people standing around. There was somebody was getting everybody together um, uh, that the, the next night at a bar to remember somebody who'd passed on that it was, was near, yep. near to everybody and and and, it, and people came up to me that i'd never met before and acted like they I, I, they'd known me all my life and invited me over and i honestly was all set to go over and meet with everybody but as i walked out through the lobby i ran into people who were, who were together in family groups and i ended up spending like three hours just talking and laughing and joking and telling stories with people that i had never met before but were like my best friends right away it was it had all the ambience of something that was huge and impressive, and yet very close and personal and like a family. It was amazing. I got in late, and so mm. I didn't get there until noon uh, of, I think, noon of Friday, because I was supposed to be in Thursday, mm-hmm. but I got in noon of Friday. I threw literally threw my bags on my bed and, and closed the door, went down and walked into the convention and started signing uh, the 300 pieces of stuff for yeah. the, I guess they had the uh, the golden tickets. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. And so they got, you know, they got all sorts of, you know, goodies and stuff. So that's what that was, you know, like I was just signing for the first three hours. And then finally, I, you know, I got inside and what blew me away were people were lined up just to see me. And then uh, I the the thing that I had talked about with people for the longest time was there for Zartan and for the Zartan collectors there uh, uh, there is the thing what I call the Holy Grail and that's the card on the back of the box from mm-hmm. the original Zartan toy which has the psychological profile of Zartan it <laughs> says he was a paranoid schizophrenic and there was a who hoplob you know about mm-hmm. that and they had to pull the toy so there's only a certain amount. And so I said, well, there's only a certain amount of those. And one of the guys that, that I, I, you know, like, you're right, you, you get to, you meet people. Uh, I met that French Canadian, that crazy French Canadian guy, Jean-Pierre, or, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think his name was Jean-Pierre. And I would say, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, the Holy Grail. <laughs> and it was, I had a ball. I had an absolute ball. It- it was it was amazing. We had and I'm sure you had similar people. There were a couple of guys who came all the way from Beijing, didn't know each other, but came from Beijing to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. There, also, on several occasions, there would be a guy there and then the guy next to him would be his son. And then the guy next to that guy was would be the grandson. Three right. generations of guys showing up for the same stuff. Another thing that killed me is the vendors on the floor were such great guys. Walked up to one guy and, and one of the things I've always wanted to get was a, a Cobra shirt. Cobra T-shirt with the, with the Cobra mm-hmm. logo on it. And I was looking around, going from booth to booth, and nobody had one. I walked up to one guy, and he said, i get you a Cobra shirt. Sure, i get you a Cobra shirt. Have it for you tomorrow. So he brought it in the next day. Charge you six bucks for the shirt. He brought a couple other shirts that were really cool. One of which, actually, as I was trying to, to pay him for the shirts, the girlfriend of the crazy French-Canadian guy said she yes. was going to – she wanted that for her boyfriend. And so I was going to – it was only six bucks. I was going to buy it and give it to her, and the vendor refused 
to let me buy it. He said, no, I'll give it to her. And he gave her the shirt for free for her boyfriend, which is kind of cool. When he gave me the shirt, he said, uh, I had to wash it, but I've only worn it twice. It, it, it was his shirt. And he basically brought it there and gave it to sold it to me for next to nothing. It was, it was like a brand new shirt, but it was that kind of a cool thing that would only happen at a Joe convention, you know? Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you guys caught the whole family vibe. I think this year, Mike, back me up on this one. I think this was a, more of a family get-together type feel this year for a lot of us. Wait, you mean we missed, we missed the party years? Well, it's been a bit of a rough year for us fandom-wise in the community because we did lose Gary, and that came at quite a shock. And if you got a chance to hear anything about Gary and kind of what he brought to the community, you kind of understand at that point, very easily understand what we lost when, when he passed. Unfortunately, we kind of knew that a lot of people were like, I take a lot of this for granted and and, and I want to go to Joe con and I, I want to definitely spend more time with my friends. Yeah. I, I think there was very much a, almost a pilgrimage feel. I think part of it too is the setting and that you're you're in some place that Springfield is it's a small town and and it's just kind of you feel a little insular anyway so you're you know you're you're going to be with the people you came with you're not going to be distracted by a lot of of outside stuff and I mean that in the best possible way it was kind of a there was almost a, a maybe a, a mission quality to it this year mm-hmm. hmm. so yeah definitely it was um I, you know there were a lot of a lot more wives and a lot more kids and. We like to see that. I personally, as I've been saying for a couple of years now, the big tragedy of of the GI Joe franchise, as it is, is that right now it's not being spread to the the younger generation. We go to these conventions. I'm I just turned forty years old, and I'm one of the young guys at the con, and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. This is already something that's gone through two and and three generations, like you said. There should be more kids and and more multi generational families in attendance. This shouldn't just be a, a hobby for for old guys this is an american institution and and i wish they were doing more to to build that you yeah, know well i think uh, right now i think you know like uh, a zartan dr mindbender kids show i think would be uh, wonderful <laughs> yeah we could what walk you say? young minds that way you know <laughs> dr mindbender today we're going to play with fire <laughs> <laughs> And next time, next time we'll set me on fire. But this time we're going to just set you on fire, just as we did the last three times. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, okay. Doctor. No, it's, the kids no, at home can buy their own electrodes and yeah. <laughs> take them right to their heads. Ooh, fry him good. It's not something you can do every day, though. I was just watching the last induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, and uh, Joan Jett was talking about how the record companies were re- reluctant uh, to play their material. And I, I think the, the thing that's cool about the con, maybe this year we're feeling that way, but I think as it continues to build, as it has consistently been growing, obviously, that I, I think at a certain point people can't ignore the fact that the movement continues onward, and someone will join that at some point. I could be wrong. <laughs> Good point. I mean, every year there's more and more new people showing up. Unfortunately, there's every year more and more people like myself who've been for 10 years, 12 years straight. Some of those people that were on that same streak with me, I'm seeing fewer and fewer of them. Dang it. Yeah, but at least it's a draw. For every person that breaks their streak, there's somebody that's stepping in their shoes that's coming to their first Jocon, and that's a good thing. So we got you past package pickup. We got you in town now. You've seen the mass of humanity. Joe Con brings out the best and sometimes the worst in fanboys out there. Any good stories about the massive humanity that he came up with? Any autographs or anything weird, anything funny that happened with all the folks that came up for autographs and all? Was it a pretty standard show or did we have some characters out there? There's always <laughs> characters. There's always characters. 
you know, first of all, we're characters, you know, just yeah, uh, yeah, us yeah. Uh, running around. So one of the things that I like to do was um, because I know that, you know, I haven't been around to do this for a long time. And a lot of people haven't been uh, exposed to me, you know, and, and that Zartan was a rather popular character. So I would work the line and I would, you know, come out and go, who's ready for an autograph? <laughs> you know, and these they, and the eyes would just light up and then they come over and they go, man, you were my childhood, man. You know, and it's it, it just hilarious, you know, and uh, I, I love signing the autographs and it, I just had I had an absolute ball. It was it was a lot of fun. And so did the people. It's all. It's also really strange when you do these things. When when we did this work initially, uh, and we were going from place to place and and job to job or audition to audition, show to show, you do this and you really realize at the very beginning you have no idea whether or not this is going to resonate with some someone else. You just are doing the best that you can with your character, doing the job and, and enjoying the process. But again, people could just as well have said eh, and not care. The thing that was always wonderful about the, this particular group of shows. Is is, is that when you had the privilege of playing a Joe villain, you had the privilege of playing a character that was colorful and interesting, well-written. And so it's really kind of cool to show up and realize that of all the work that you did, those shows that, that you thought maybe were really important and had social things to say, maybe weren't as important as you thought. These are the things that people kept with them for their entire lives. And fact of the matter is the villains were more fun and everybody loves you when you're a villain, probably a lot more than if you're one of the straight heroes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. It makes the, the tight leotards worth it, you know? <laughs> well, as I told other voice how we had them before, Michael and Mary McDonald Lewis and Bill Ratner. The pretty ones. You were the soundtrack of my playtime. There you go. <laughs> when I would read the comic book and Zartan would speak, it's Zach Hoffman's voice that I'm hearing. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. When I was playing with Zartan, it was Zach Hoffman's voice that I would pretend to have Zartan speak. And somewhere, if someone from Hasbro is listening, if you want to bring back the real G.I. Joe show with all the excitement, we would be on board for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In <laughs> oh, fact, yes, we would. Fact, <laughs> My if, right uh, if we left the world, if we left the Earth, we would come back from the dead to do the shows just for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, I just want to say, I w want to get back to that thing about growing the Jokon, because uh, I, I will say this, and I will say that that it's really, I, I think, you know, like the fathers to the sons to the, you know, that that I think that it's DVD, and I don't think it's made it to Blu-ray yet, but, you know, eventually it will. But I think the DVDs, I've talked to people who said, you know, my kids love them. They just really enjoy them. And I think that when they make another movie, and I imagine they will, that they make it in the spirit of of what we did back in 1983, 84, 85. Yeah, it would be really nice. I think it would also be really a good thing uh, for the future if we started talking, somebody started talking about there needs to be a really decent, uh, seriously uh, classic G.I. Joe uh, video game series based upon what we did uh, would also be a great thing moving forward. I think that would be a terrific opportunity. And we'd come, I know most everybody would come back for that. Oh, yeah. We'd love that. You know, interesting that you bring up the video game thing today, Mike. Mm -hmm. You did see the Ubisoft came out with the what's it called? Toy Wars or what's the name of that? Like Toy Chest. Well, it's it's Toy Soldier, but this is like the the battle chest. Mm. Is what they're calling this version of the game. And they picked up 
the licenses for Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe for this game. He-Man, She-Ra, and the Masters of the Universe. Very good. They did a promo video that's out there on YouTube. It's called Toy Yeah, Toy Soldiers War Chest, the Game of Toys. Basically, it's these toys fighting evil... It looked like evil Nazi uh, toy soldiers, wasn't it? Yeah. Those were the bad guys. <laughs> different armies of, yeah, of, of different armies. types of toys to... <laughs> All right. To capture ground in this kid's bedroom. But the last reveal is Duke. It's an old school Duke figure, so it has all the rivets and the O-ring and everything. He walking on screen, and then as the screen goes blank, you hear a very generic and non-Michael Bell, Yo-Jo. Yeah. Uh, what they should have done is got you guys the yeah, voice. right, of course. When I said soundtrack to my youth, that would have definitely nailed it right there because I'm sure others have done the same way. They they should have had you guys doing the voices of those characters for the game. And I don't even know if Mindbender or Zartan's in there. We don't even know what G.I. Joe characters are in there other than Duke, but come on. Yeah. You can't just have Duke going, yo, Joe, yeah. without Michael <laughs> Bell. You guys, if, if you hung around with us at all, you you know, my brother was was around as well. You know, we're, we're pretty close in age, so growing up, you know, when I played with G.I. Joe, it was usually with him. When I was a kid, I, you know, we'd always, we'd always pick out different guys, and a lot of it determined was determined by who could do whose voice better. <laughs> like he, he did a better Zartan, so he was always Zartan. I could see him doing a Zartan, actually, as a matter. And consequently, <laughs> I did a better Dr. Mindbender voice. He never brought his Dr. Mindbender out because, as is today, I, I was a better shirtless guy. <laughs> I mean, a better Dr. Mindbender. Uh, Excuse me. Okay. Gary said the soundtrack of my youth, and I, it just kind of, you know, some of that kind of clicked in there. It's like, especially with you two guys. And, you know, I was always Destro, and he was always Cobra Commander, because that's just the way the voices fell. The cookie crumbles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing to me. It's always amazing to me when you when you make something of, of a different like difference like that with people. And, and the thing about the con... Not to go back to the con, but yeah, go back to the con. The yeah. thing about the con is when you put the people who watched you and participated with you in one place, it makes the character so much more relevant. You know, just it just changes everything. That implied relationship that you have when you play the character becomes so much more real when you actually meet physically meet the people who are on the other side. And it, it, it takes on a life that becomes uh, kind of surreal, kind of amazing. And I, I, I still take that away. I, I'm, I'm not going to say this. I don't want to say bad stuff. But at Comic-Con this year, there were some people who were supposed to do autographs, and their management people uh, delayed them for an hour. Uh, for the, and the fans who were waiting to sign autographs st- stood there and didn't know that the schedule had been changed. They just waited for, for that. And it really bothered me because of – and I, I think it bothered me more in light of, of JoeCon when people stood in line for a long time for us to sign stuff um, and, and waited patiently. It helped me to realize how – cool it is to have a relationship with with a real audience that are that it really completes you as a character changes everything mm-hmm. and i i think that was something i now take much more seriously than i ever did before is how important the the other person on the other end is as uh, important to the character as getting to do the character in the first place that's what makes it all worthwhile you know one thing i noticed from your guys's lines on the sales floor whenever you guys were out there the queue was always full i've always seen the queue always full for one person and that's been Larry. Larry's queue when he's at show at the show <laughs> is always full. Ooh. Okay. This was the first time I noticed that the voice talent queue was full all the time. That says something about you guys, and it also says something about the Joe fans 
recognizing the voice talent because we've been told, unlike the Transformers fans, the Joe fans are a little bit slower to embrace the voice talent at the shows. And it was really good to see that when you guys were talking at your panels, the room was always full. And when you guys were there to sign autographs to meet the fans, the line was always long. But I will say this. It was, what, about three quarters? When we did that first panel, the place, which was huge, was about three quarters full. But when we came in and they were talking about the toys for the next season, the release of the toys, Mm. that place, there was standing room only. So yeah. these, it's, you know, it's a toy collector's, uh, you know, the, the toy collectors are kings. They're I also kings I, there. I don't want to, like, make bad rumors, but is it possible also that the lines for Larry, maybe Larry owes a lot of people money? You know, it could have been like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I can only draw stick figures, and Larry actually will draw pictures for people. It's true. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Larry. I, I sat next to Larry. I know Larry. That's all right. He doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> we should also give some props, some serious props to the there, – there were not a lot of them, but the ones that were there were absolutely excellent, world-class cosplayers, the, the, the visual yes. people uh, who like invested. People. The women with, uh, with uh, physiques that could only be made from fiberglass uh, that were fabulous. And everybody – no, but I'm just, all, all seriousness aside, everybody was phenomenal. We had great cosplayers at Ben Shokan. It was a good year for cosplay, yeah. Yeah, there were – what about fifty of them on Saturday? Which was, I mean, there was a legitimate parade going by the hotel. I don't want to shortchange other years, but I, I want to say this is probably the best cosplay year that I could ever remember. I got to say they were mind blowingly good and all really nice people. It was a, it was a pretty sensational group. And and I, having just come off a of Comic Con, they were world class. They held up against anything that we saw at Comic Con. In fact, one of the one of the one of the ladies like won the last four years in a row and and came up with something new every year and it was like oh my gosh she and and our buddy James are the ones that go head to head every year in the costume contest so it's this time she's holding the belt but James says next year he's getting it back all right healthy yeah, she had a new outfit every day so <laughs> yes she did. <laughs> She was telling me, uh, late, you know, told us later on the uh, uh, on the show even that there were people coming up to her and coming up to James, just like cheering them on pro wrestling style. Whoa. Awesome. In terms of, awesome. oh, you'll get him next year, or yeah. showed him who's in the best yeah. costume. I mean, those two are, are great friends, and they they compare notes, and it's a very friendly kind of rivalry that that we play up here on the show. But there are people out there that was really taking it seriously and really, really thought there was just an open dislike between the two. It was great. Almost almost thought, you know, your mind, it's so good. Your mind thinks that these could be professionals who were hired specifically to spice up the look of the convention. And it blows me away that these people go home and do this, you know, in their in their uh, workshop in the back room, in the spare bedroom. And do this on their own, conceive everything, and then fabricate it, most of it themselves. It's pretty phenomenal stuff in every way. And the other thing about these people is that they um, are quite charitable. Mm-hmm. The women cosplayers put out a calendar. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Or- it raised money for the Veterans Administration or, you know, vets. And yeah. I was inducted into Cobra's First Legion or First Cobra Legion. And aside from doing some fantastic cosplay and having a great time doing that, they raise a ton of money for charity. I was just so honored to be part of that. Yeah. It's really great. 
let's go back to your guys' first panel. So you got in there, settled in for the panel. Yeah. You reunited with Morgan. Right. How was your panel experience with Morgan there? Sartan, would you like Ooh, to speak? I'd love to say. Well, you know, I I, I, I know Morgan, and uh, Morgan is uh, just fabulous. And, you know, it, and one of, you know, she was a friend, and, you know, and I left L.A., and so I... I don't get to see these people. And then to, you know, to go and, and to hang out with Morgan, you know, was was just tremendous. And then and Brian and I, we really, you know, didn't get to, to hang out a lot. For so, month, uh, literally months. It was like months and months. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, years and years. And and so, you know, it was like really just reintroducing myself to Brian and, and getting to reacquaint myself with with Morgan. And so the three of us went out and we we just had a great time. We were lap most of the time. We were just, you know, telling stories and laughing of this crazy business we're in. And we are in a crazy freaking business. I live in Seattle, so uh, I, I, you know, I left uh, 20 years ago, and this is where I make my living, you know, and so I've done other things, um, yeah. and these yeah. guys have hung out in L.A. and have done done that, and and even Morgan, you know, had had stopped and sort of changed careers, and so mm-hmm. for us to be brought back, you know, it's uh, it's Pretty it's amazing. wonderful. I, I have not. Totally rel- relinquished the business, but I too have uh, have relocated a bit. Although my agent will not allow me to tell you that I mostly live in Denver and come back to LA only on occasion when the smog is not too really horrible, you know. But otherwise, the camaraderie that exists, I think, among voiceover performers is is like none other. I mean, I mean, no, no matter what what part of the business that you run into, I think the respect that the abilities that it takes to do VO uh, exists among voiceover per- performers, and we tend to be competitive, but in a really wholesome way so you have a lot of love and uh, love and, and camaraderie for each other and it's really cool to meet somebody that you haven't seen for b- 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 years and, and yeah. hang out again <laughs> it's just uh, an amazing experience with a blast you know except for lincoln he just you know he never would have he would never say anything i'd say you know abe you can say something here you can be funny now come on just you, come on okay and he didn't he didn't, never did ad lib uh, he, just, he didn't he didn't trust you he thought you were going to steal his really dna great. to to build a cobra emperor <laughs> he was better from a script especially if it was written on the back of an envelope but he didn't ad lib too well i don't know i don't get it (laughs) he hadn't seen the show before he was just trying to pay attention yeah yeah and and that thing about the time counting and the score in seven years is i don't know i it's just like use a calendar abe come on speak plainly but what the hell you know hey aside from that what'd you think of the play yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) stick around stick around for the after party will you and mary mary yeah, it's a good play, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the old man, but good play. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah. Too soon? Well, apparently, so, apparently so. That's a time-honored Springfield expression is, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Next year there'll be a road show, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, maybe, maybe they'll uh, – uh, no, we'll I'll let that one go. That's that's just gonna, that's just gonna go, walk just away gonna go off in a direction that sit <laughs> down be, and walk away. Yeah, exactly. There's gonna know. be three people that get that joke and they're not gonna think it's funny. Not so we'll, that was like the Terminator when you know all those different choices come up and the last one is don't say anything. Very rarely does Mike ever pick something up and just say, hmm, I'm gonna put this back down now. <laughs> this was a nice thought, but let's move along. Uh, I'm gonna put this right back where I found it. Mm. Yeah. 
I loved the panel. I thought that was that was so much fun being up there with you, Brian, and and uh, with uh, Morgan. And I, you know, and you remind me because I want to get uh, uh, I asked uh, Brian and Pete if I could get a, a copy of them because I'd really because, you know, I just experienced that, you know, I didn't get the chance to see it because I knew they were they're filmed. I think both of them actually, and they actually were supposed to be on YouTube, I guess. I- what I saw on YouTube was somebody that did on there. I've, if, if there was anything that I would say that would be a really good suggestion uh, to the con, it would be to maybe find somebody, even if it's if it's a student who's like going through film school, I think there could be really good, strong, well-shot video of the con, which would also help the con to grow and, and stimulate more interest in it because it would, would it was really hard to see and hear some of this stuff. And and, and people were great to try to, to record it as they could. But this thing is so neat that, that those things that are special that you'd like to save it'd be great to have somebody actually save them in with decent audio and decent video and and get some videographer videographers in there to kind of like heap a record every year of what goes on at the con draper what do you think about that i agree we our our site covered certain panels mm-hmm. um but we couldn't we couldn't cover everything and we i think that's the first time from what i understand in the past they have discouraged people from filming stuff oh yes. um, They've recorded before. They video recorded some panels in the past before and just never posted them. I don't know why. Now, people like you guys did set up on the side or hold up an iPhone camera. Those have always been allowed unless they specifically at a panel say no audio, no video. And a lot of times the Hasbro panels that way. That I can understand because they're you know they're releasing information about about uh, when when things are going to be released. Right. Right. Yeah. Beyond that, I believe the first time that the costume contest has ever been shown, Dave, that was you guys showing it. Yeah. Some of the other panels, I believe those are the first time those have been shown as well. So kudos to Dave and Duvall for getting some of that stuff out. And we felt real bad afterwards because we did get a lot of requests for the things we didn't get. We were not like hired to do that. We were doing it for our own site. And we were also there for the convention. How dare you enjoy yourself? <laughs> I know. And, and Jason was actually doing double duty with Dan's site. So Pixel Dan, who doesn't even like G.I. Joe, shows up and covers the thing. And, uh, <laughs> get, get to work, slacker. So well, yeah, and pull, pulls our guy off of our duty, so I'm like sitting there making sure no one steals our equipment. The deal about it is, is it was such a delicious experience that it was was one of those kinds of things that you really feel that you'd love to share. And and I think uh, over time, if the, if this at some point can be developed, it would get more interest in the con and it would grow even further than it has uh, if people could see how much fun we all had. And and then of course there's always that possibility that if your wife discovers that you had so much fun, she's maybe not going to love. So well, so you're just going to go party. <laughs> My wife won't let me go without her. Oh, wow. I haven't been to a JoeCon by myself since the first New Orleans and the Atlanta convention a long, long time ago. I think more and more significant others are seeing that experience. It's not just geeking out and talking about toys, but one of the other things I wanted to talk about is like the party literally does not stop, Brian. I know I can (laughs) talk to you about this because I did see you after hours come down to the lobby. The party never stops. It it keeps going into the evening, well into the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, it's just everybody just doesn't want to leave. It's it's not even so much like it's a conscious thing. It's just that you can see that that you know people you know keep people keep saying, yeah, I know, I, I really have to go, and that's like an hour later. This is saying it again. Yeah, I really need to. I need to wrap this up, and and then it just keeps on rolling. It's a it's that kind of a crowd. It's a good crowd. And one of the things that I think that. I'm so exhausted at the end of convention is that most of the nights, Mike, I I don't know how many hours of nights you averaged every night there, but I mean, I think it's about 
four hours a night I average of sleep. I mean, we're literally closing the pub across the street, and yeah. then we need to be up by 8 o'clock to be doing something with the show the next day. Have to go back to the room to go into our cocoon so that we can unwrap ourselves and then have that osmosis process and then come down and be renewed in the morning. Otherwise, you would realize that many of us died years ago already, and we're just yeah doing what we do in the room before we get into, you know, down, and, and then later on we suck the blood. And But we won't talk about that. That's another point. Forget about that. Synthoid. The Monday or Tuesday, definitely after, it's like you're so wound down because that whole weekend you maybe got, maybe, if you're lucky, 12 hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah, the party never, never stops. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And they would throw old Joe body parts of, uh, of Joe at you if you kept on being fun. No, I'm kidding. That's totally not true. That was a lie. <laughs> Again, it's all to, to help you build a new emperor. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully this time – that was great. The, the, the Mindbender figure was really great this year because he actually had clothes on it, so I felt that my character was warm for the first time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I have that figure right here. That <laughs> yeah, was the – just uh, reviewed it for our site. The incentive figure to be a member of the club that you got a Dr. Mindbender figure as your incentive figure. That was a, that was a total surprise. That was kind of a neat thing too. I'd like to come back on the year that we do the Zartan figure now, okay? There you go. Yeah. And I'm looking at I'm looking at I have the uh, the trio the trio of us Mindbender and and uh, Morgan and uh, myself nice we would definitely do that actually the club their very first three and three quarter inch four inch incentive figure actually was Zartan oh the unique thing about that particular figure is if you remember when you guys saw the finished cartoon that Zartan could morph himself invisible right he was a clear figure whoa he was made of clear plastic and whoa. now it's supposed to be invisible Zartan cool. that's hilarious the carding of the figure and everything has been a more recent thing within the like last five years or so but you would just get the incentive figure kind of in a poly bag and a little box will be sent to you <laughs> And you still get that. <laughs> the Mindbender figure, you could get carded at the show, and then when they send you the incentive figure, you get it in a box with a file card and everything. So you could get a loose and on the card of one. Zartan is out there. I agree, Zach. We need he to have you guys come back, and we need to have a proper Zartan, a new Zartan on the card, so that we can give you your just due as well. Yeah, yes. yes. We like that. We do. Yeah. Bring a Dreadnought or two, you know. Yeah. Everything that you did is wonderful, and it, you, as you as you leave, you keep thinking, man. What, what, you know, somebody needs to be doing the uh, the, the laser tag uh, stuff, and there's just <laughs> it, it's like it, it, you can't help but being excited about all the things that you would like to do at, at a Jocon. That is wonderful, and it just has infinite possibilities just to continue forever. It's pretty awesome. So this is the thing that knocked my socks off. I turned the corner. I'm going through the vendor stuff, and I turn the corner. And there are two kids playing a G.I. Joe <laughs> pinball machine. Whoa. It was absolutely outstanding. Was mm -hmm. it the, uh, the arcade machine? Yeah, the, it was the, the arcade game. machine. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It was fabulous. Really, I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it. And I went, we had one of these? <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is that y you see the, the characters in it. It's Duke and Snake Eyes and Scarlet and, and Roadblock. And so yeah. it, it's characters who were familiar to, to the 80s kind of, of fan, but the game itself wasn't out until the 90s. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, after the, what I'll refer to as the us, us as part of the Sunbow crowd, when we were maybe in a point where we weren't doing so much with G.I. Joe is when that game showed up. 
Like I, I didn't know that game existed. A friend of ours owns a, a one of our show sponsors and, and good friends, Todd and, and Amber. They own a, a toy store in Kokomo, Indiana, and they have one of those in the toy store. And I had never seen one before they got it. And that was five years ago, six years ago, something like that. So, But this game has been around since like 1992 or 93. It's a fun little thing. There's lots of carnage going on. Stuff blows up all over the place. I can't say it's a, it's not a deep thinking type of game. It reminds me of Contra without the cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, if it moves, shoot it. That's it. That's it. I love that. Well, and, and I, it, 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 does G.I. Joe hold the record for the largest collectible toy in in uh, in in uh, history with it with the uh, uh, the aircraft carrier that people actually build a room on their houses to hold almost well absolutely i think it's used as roofing for that room a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> we may actually be sending some of those aircraft carriers into the middle east now because they're big enough yeah we're talking about a, a line of toys that you know there's you remember the terror drome uh yeah, and there was that space shuttle complex and those aren't the biggest the sets of the line there's one bigger than that. That's crazy. Totally. Totally. That's <laughs> the reason. Yes. It's, it's like a toy that came with its own zip code, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where you have to you have to get part of your bedroom rezoned for commercial <laughs> yeah. purposes. It's 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 like an auto park. And you're not lying. I have a bonus room that's above my garage in my house and my flag rests at one end and it's almost end to end with the room. It's almost about a stern the length of the room. <laughs> There's a little room on each end, but that's about it. Whoa. And, and people had, you know, like people brought, this is what blew my mind. People brought empty suitcases. And as we're, you know, like, and I was riding back with about six guys in a van and, and the guys, well, yeah, that's the empty one that I brought. It's full now, though, you know, and, and they just, you know, they just collect. It's great. Even to see the stuff that people, you know, t- took old Joe parts and kind of like recreated uh, from their own imagination, new stuff. I mean, there was a guy who who had just started for fun, just picking up a few spare parts. And now he's got like this huge business where he's got boxes and boxes and shelves full of spare Joe parts. And people create all sorts of new things based upon what they can dig through. It's it, it's a genre that keeps on reinventing itself. It's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. I know that's too serious again. I'm sorry. With your emotions and feelings and things. It just like made me feel serious and moved for once, and I don't mean to take advantage of that. I just forgive me. <laughs> I there medication. You go. There's medication for that. Oh, yeah. I love that. There's medication for everything. <laughs> We love that part. Yeah, okay. I think you covered that in the panel even, Zach, when you (laughs) said that, you know, you you don't remember much from the years 1982 to 1990. Well, it's it's really true. I used to be a, uh, you know, I used to be a uh, quite, quite a drinker, you know, and also uh, I was a drinker and a biochemical engineer, you know, for many, (laughs) many years. And, uh, you know. And that all stopped, you know, that all stopped in 1989. And uh, thank goodness. But, you know, hey, can you remember the sixth week of uh, September, the second week of September in 1984? What? You know, those those are gone, you know. And, you know, it comes in flashes and whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I I do remember, you know, I I have a vivid memory of of, – and I, I haven't heard you've you got to call Mary Mc, Mary uh, McDonald Lewis. So she went around with a I think it was for her niece or something or her nephew. And she went around with a 
a cassette recorder and uh, <laughs> old school, and old those? school. I mean, there was it was total old school. And it was a Christmas thing where there were, we were wishing Merry Christmas to somebody uh, in our characters. You know, like that's that's a flash for me. But I remember doing it. I remember I think I heard it once, but you have to ask her about that. Uh, write it down. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. Write that down. <laughs> Mary's secret tape. Mary Max secret tape. Is Zach, is there any medication that helps you get over that goal line interception? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let yeah. Um <laughs> no. No, there isn't. No, there, okay, there good. Is, there is nothing that you know that takes that away. But the other thing is is that there is nothing that that you can replace with beating the San Francisco 49ers the year before to get to the Super Bowl or the way we came back to beat the Green Bay Packers to get into the Super Bowl last year. And not, nothing will take those games away from me say, either. Not yes, answer. it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Oh. In, in my life. I, I don't know what happened. I don't think we'll ever know what happened, you know, but you just have to take a breath and go away. It, it's almost like, I don't know if you're a Dodger fan, but when the, the Yankees beat the Dodgers and Reggie Jackson did that uh, hip thing and mm-hmm. hit the ball. Do you remember that game? Is that the three home run game? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so, you know, as a sports fan, you're just a sports fan. You know, that that's it. Uh, I live and die with my team. But but believe me, to go to the Super Bowl, to have your team go to the Super Bowl twice in a row and win it once, there's nothing like that. Nothing. I, I don't know what, what team. Who's your team? I'm the Colts. Colts. Okay. And anybody else? I, I am I am a born and bred Giants fan. There you go. Oh, wow. So I like the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Listen to him. He's like, you're I got still stewing the Super Bowl shuffle, right? You guys have, uh, Basically, yeah. yeah, we've been living off that for over 20 years. That's right. <laughs> 30 no, years. 30. Yes. 30th anniversary Super Bowl shuffle. Yes, I know. I, I caught it. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! How many how many giants uh, got made into a GI Joe? Uh, how many giants got made? None. I don't that know. would be zero. None? zero? Oh, how how many bears? How many how many bears are a GI Joe? One. 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 Who? Seriously. One. One. Yeah, one, one more than the giants. Yeah, well, yeah, they they made the refrigerator Perry. The refrigerator got was uh, okay. Do you know what his nickname was? The refrigerator's Fritz. nickname? No, I no, that it. wasn't his nickname oh. with the team. Oh, come on. His nickname was Biscuit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they You're right. Yeah, and they asked they asked they asked McMahon, why'd they call him Biscuit? He says, because this guy's a biscuit away from four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Back in uh eighty seven or so, like you know, they they Sergeant Slaughter was so successful. Yeah. That they followed that up with, hey, let's let's see what we can do about making other real life people into celebrities. And and there was, you know, the refrigerator, you know, William the Refrigerator Perry happened. They talked to Sylvester Stallone about making a Rocky figure. Of all things, they explored the possibility of President Reagan. Oh my uh, getting God! Getting a GI Joe. I mean, it was yes. that would have been amazing. Well, tough. Yes. Never mind. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Totally crazy. Don't say no. 
<laughs> Nancy did. Nancy did repeatedly, but but never mind. Okay. <laughs> Cobra Commander, tear down this drone. <laughs> now we're talking. Could, could, could I have a little V? Uh, what's that little blue pill V uh, uh, as, as a side weapon? A V a Viagra? A v, uh, one of those? Never mind. Mm. All right. <laughs> Gary's having flashbacks to his young Republican meetings in college. Now you have to get political. Okay. There was I just was wondering when you were going to go there. The only reason, only, but the only Dr. Mindbender would like that because we could generate a lot of hate in the room. <laughs> but never mind. It was an innocent time, Gary. It's all right. It was. It was different. It was. Totally different. <laughs> So I, I like the Colts, and I, and I like your quarterback. I think he's uh, a terrific, and I think he will take them there. Very well might be a matchup between our teams this year. We'll see. We will see. But I am I'm drinking the Pete Carroll Kool-Aid, and I will continue to drink the <laughs> Pete Carroll Kool-Aid. I'm a happy well, guy. You know, like, I don't know if you, you had to have been where I was, because I watch the games every week. Every week. And it's me and 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 there's five of us. You know, it's me and my buddy Mike and Shelly and, you know, and we're there and we're there every week. And then it's like three weeks away from the playoffs. And then instead of five, there's nine and then there's 12 and then there's 20 and then the playoffs, there's 25. And, and so for the Super Bowl, there are 50 people in my friend Mike's house, Whoa. chairs, everything two TVs, a spread of food that takes up half the room. It was a gigantic freaking party. And when Russell Wilson throws that interception, the air is completely sucked out of the room and people got up and walked out without saying anything. They didn't (laughs) say goodbye. They didn't say thanks for the food. Didn't say see you later. They just lowered their head. And walked out the door. Wow. (laughs) And then the rioting. (laughs) We did not riot. We did not riot. (laughs) I I can see how demoralizing that was. I mean, one of the things I shared with Mike is, I I don't know if you remember back in the 80s on the Nintendo Entertainment System, Tecmo Bowl. It was one of the first football games that was approved by the Players Association, so you could have real players. And on the play selection screen, someone did a Photoshop that just showed Lynch up the middle with six plays. Yeah, that's all you can pick from was Lynch up the middle. <laughs> Give it to Lynch up the middle. This game is over. They were gassed. They were gassed. They were and I, gassed. I still don't understand that. And the Patriot fans were the worst. We do a fantasy football podcast for this podcast. Whoa. Mike and our other co-host there call me the worst. Well... The Patriots fans are the absolute worst winners ever. There was nothing gracious about those Patriot fans. It's like, oh, yeah, we knew we were going to intercept that. We knew we were going <laughs> to What the hell ever? <laughs> I, I think that's why America relished Deflategate. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, you know, so uh, what, what are we – so we maybe we'll next time at the next JoeCon we can have a little scrimmage with characters, huh? Perhaps. Oh. <laughs> Zartan and the Dreadnought. I'm all over that one. I will bring the ball. <laughs> cool. We have the good guys against the bad. Yeah? Good. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. We can have the Baroness can be cheerleading, both sides, perhaps, you know. I think the Baroness would want to play. 
Probably. Yeah, she would be yeah. quarterback if you want to know the truth. Yeah. She's, not, she's not a sidelines kind of girl. Nah. <laughs> you guys have been busy with, with other projects, so it's been a little while getting you lined up to do this this with us tonight. Okay. Uh, what you been up to? Do you have anything you'd like to, to plug? Anything you want to throw out there for the fans to, to come see you somewhere else? Uh, what's going on? Zachary, you do your one-minute show? I'm doing. I'm just doing. I'm doing voice work here in 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 the lovely Pacific Northwest. Uh, I'm uh, still uh, performing my show Tuxedo Man, and so if you guys would like to see it, uh, we we should figure out a way for me to to come back and and uh, do it in in. I'd love to do it in Springfield, Illinois. One more time, <laughs> we'd love will to have you, you. you. Do it in Zartan's voice. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> do not. I do it in a. It's another character. It's a. It's you know you 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 know I don't wear the uh, Zartan tights and the uh, the hood, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a great show. It's a uh, it's a lounge singer that's two scotches past his prime, and uh, it, it's a great show. You see him backstage, and then you see him go on, and then you see him backstage again, and it's uh, it's a great story. And I'm I'm having a ball doing it, and I'll I'll just keep doing it. That's what I'm doing. That's very nice. What about you, Brian? What's up? Well, uh, actually, uh, we I, and unfortunately, like typically, uh, we just finished a video game pilot, which I can't talk about specifically because it's still a video game pilot. Oh. Yeah, have have an animation <laughs> pilot as well. I can only tell you about the uh, about the video game pilot that I'm uh, I'm a cat. Very cuddly cat uh, who likes to do vicious murdering. That, that much I can tell you. But otherwise, and and we did a cartoon so pilot. A uh, so yeah, so you're a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a good cat. <laughs> only only not with that voice. And then we did finished a cartoon pilot. We're also back in. I have a, a band. We've done like four CDs, and we're about halfway through uh, a fifth. And it's been a couple of years that, since I've been in transition, doing a lot of stuff. So I'm really excited about that. And I, I'm being called from the other end of the domicile. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll be Brian, right you there. You leave your friends and you come we're up here right up. now. We're, we're still on the air, hon. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll be right there as soon as I because uh, yes. Okay. It's a deal. Anyway. So uh, yeah. So my sweetie just uh, got back from having uh, some some uh, stuff done. Anyway. So so we're we're having anyway. Uh, but uh, let's let's go back. Okay. Edit that. Okay. So we're yeah. So we're uh, we're recording. Having a really great time recording. And, uh, and what's the name uh, of your band, Brian? So the band's called Media Monster. Actually, we're on iTunes, uh, we're, but we're gonna we're about to re-release uh, a best of a com- compilation of the of the uh, first uh, uh, three CDs, and then we have the full version of the last one. And again, we're about halfway done on, on CD number five. Ew, kind of rock, all right, kind of stuff, baby. Also, uh, the, if, if you're going to uh, plug uh, the one cut from the last CD, the final cut, kind of a traditional blues, the Bad Recession Blues is on YouTube. Um, so you can find Bad Recession Blues by Media Monster there for freebies. Oh, very nice. Okay. We like cheap is free. Yeah. <laughs> you can't free beat that. Is, free is really good. It's really hard to negotiate it down, you know, and it goes back to the livestock and you don't have to make change, which is important. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Draper will pay you 25 cents to watch this video. <laughs> Dave? Dave's got that Toy World Order money running in. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> speaking of speaking of videos, I, I we when I was uh, working with the LA Connection in in uh, I guess in the early the early eighties around GI Toe time, um, I I used to do a routine 
when I was doing stand-up comedy called Disco Shirley, and there is a actual version of it that we used in in the show. Um, so if you go and you go Zach Hoffman Disco Shirley, you can see. So if you Joe fans, it's not GI Joe, but you can see it's a a nice two minute comedy deal, and and you will laugh. I guarantee. Ooh. And you, we'd be taken back to the disco days. Yeah. <laughs> but what if we were Monster. trying to leave those behind? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Nah. <laughs> uh, I, I know, you know, like, it, it's like, I don't know, it's like a Pavlov's response, you know, when, when they do the beginning of uh, KC and the Sunshine Band, uh, do a little dance, you know, with, with the court, and you, people mm. just go, yeah. you know, they, they, you know, the disco, it'll, it'll always be around. Go watch it. Give Zach a break. He worked hard for the money. Okay. <laughs> Better treat him. That's right. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm staying alive. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't work for Robin, but never mind. Okay. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, sorry, Batman. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, gentlemen, it, it is, of course, been a pleasure. Always. Always. Always, uh, you guys. Anytime you guys have anything going on that you want to get out to the masses, uh, we will do our best and to help you out with that and get that to the three to six pairs of ears that we encounter with every episode. <laughs> okay, I'm cleaning the garage on Saturday if anybody wants to show up. Okay, we're, we got it. Okay, you got a couch to give away? or No, that was I Zach's uh, the garage sale that you posted. It's Dr. Mindbender's garage sale. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Everything's got to go. <laughs> I, I would buy plane tickets to go to Dr. Mindbender's garage. So. Yeah, I know. That would be interesting. <laughs> I know. You know, there's probably some Joe fans that probably would. Oh, be we careful. should have <laughs> a massive garage sale. Yeah. Just all I, after, seeing, after seeing Mindbender's wardrobe, a lot of that stuff's really sweaty and disgusting. You just don't want to see that at the garage sale. <laughs> I'm not so. saying I'm buying, but I, I, I'd have to see it. So somebody's <laughs> got to record that for posterity. Right. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> we used a lot of talc. We did, and yes, and we made a lot of fun. A little gas, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and there you have it, fans. Uh, Zach Hoffman, Brian Cummings, again, it's been a pleasure. Man, it has been awesome. We will we will catch you on down the road, guys. Thank you so much for, for being with us tonight. Twas the best. Good night, man. Good night, everybody. Night. All right, we're back. Mike, what's up? It's time for the mailbag. Mailbag's brought to you by Mailbag, Post Sock, Mailbag. Mailbag is sponsored by All the Cool Stuff. All the Cool Stuff and proprietor David Tree bringing you the finest selection of G.I. Joe, Action Force, Transformers, Legos, men in furry shorts, women in short skirts on the other side of the U- uh, the ocean in the U.K. Visit them at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. Tell them we sent you. And, of course, proprietor David Tree will probably kiss you on the mouth. Joe, you in on that one? Log in, fellas. Sure. <laughs> She's in. If Dave had hair, he'd be a good-looking guy. <laughs> I thought if he combed it, it doesn't help. Oh, it doesn't help. Just saw him a couple weeks ago. It's it's gone. It's gone. Funny story. I I actually met Chloe for the first time. I've met her a couple times. What's the British version of out kicking your cover? <laughs> um, I believe it's still out kicking your cover. Is it offsides? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I probably he probably was. But yes, out kicking his coverage. Yes. And of course, immediately his fiance shows up. First time in three years that, that I've been going to this show that she actually showed up for one of these things. And of course, I immediately start busting his chops. Immediately. So you can be secure in the knowledge that I did not miss my opportunity to be a dick. Be a dick. Anyways, uh, first letter. We have no letter. We actually received 
many letters during our hi- hiatus. Most of them uh, were kind of to the tune of, hey, when are you guys coming back? And I guess the answer is now, uh, October 21, 2015, uh, which means that it should be edited in time for Easter 2016. The future is now. The future is now. It is back to the future day. And let me go out on a limb here. I'm going to have a get off my lawn moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm so glad this day is over. Let me sit I'm so tired. Well, you've had a lot of wine. <laughs> I'm so glad this day is over because I'm so tired of reading the lead up for it on Facebook. I get it. It's fun, but it's kind of like talk like a pirate day. Everybody's got to go on about it like they're the one that made it up. And so it loses its luster by the time it actually gets to you. I always forget about talk like the pirate day until it's like the day after. I randomly talk like a pirate during the year anyway. So it, that, that you was should do that so anyways. Much. This, I, I did a couple times when Nick Whitmore was around at Rollout Roll Call. Well, it's hard not to do. E- exactly, as he is a living, breathing dreadnought who works for Lego. Anyhow, the main point of this blather is to to solicit you to begin writing us again. There are many ways to get a hold of us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what's on Joe Mind. We're not picky. Post it right on the page, or you can send us an IM. Or you can send us an email at uh, what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at, uh, I forget the number, it's on the Facebook page. So you, yeah, you can leave us a voicemail. If you leave us a voicemail, we'll try and play it for you. We actually did did get some voicemails uh, a couple of months back, and we were so bad about getting out an episode that it, it didn't really fit anymore. So Carson, we apologize for not playing your voicemail, but hopefully that'll be the last time that happens. We want this to be an interactive kind of experience for you guys. Um, we, we do this show largely because we know people are listening to it. I shouldn't say largely, but it, it does factor into things because we'd probably do the show anyway because we love hearing ourselves talk. Especially you. Especially me. Because why? You're dead. That's right. We do want you guys to get the most out of this. Uh, we, we feel like we've got a responsibility to you as as a reasonably prominent podcast within the Joe community. Reasonably prominent. What do you think about that, Bill? <laughs> Accurate. I, I, I'm not going to give us any more than reasonably prominent because we haven't put out an episode in six months. That is Bell's new title, reasonably prominent author. Reasonably prominent author. <laughs> I, I, would, I would kill to be reasonably prominent right now, believe me. Reasonably prominent is better than mostly irrelevant, that's for sure. I think noted publisher is still up for grabs, though, so we might have to go that one for you. Yeah. You hey, can't Justin, be noted author. Yo. If you got a blurb, I can put it on the finest page. If you want, Ooh, that would be awesome. I will do that. Cosplayers read. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> do something nice for me, Mike. How about you not be a d- for once, huh? Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> I'm gonna have all kinds of costume people punching me in the face. <laughs> the I'm at the convention. Good. It's gonna not be hilarious. Somebody take pictures. I'm gonna be wearing a cup, so stay out of that region. He assumes you're gonna go downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, whatever. I assume everybody's going downstairs because talk to frankly, Brian about setting up a, a, a punch a podcaster panel at JoeCon or something like that. Just that could be our theme. Air, everybody just lines up and gives you a good smack. <laughs> Don't worry, John will protect you. That might get Chuck out to the con. Yeah, no kidding. Nah, it won't. No, it won't. We'd have to butter up his sides and. Oh. Hey. <laughs> no. Uh, Chuck can get out of his own doorway. I'm I'm picking on him. I tease. He makes his own gravy. It just slides right on through. <laughs> it's getting on the airplane part. Uh, That's when we go silent. Okay, thanks. Yeah. It's because well, we're we all, disgusted we all, and disturbed. And exactly. We all had a terrible mental image at the same time, and that's what happened. It was like, not my plane. No, nuh-uh. But, uh, we have no actual letters in the mailbag. Please hit us up. We will answer just about anything. It could be G.I. Joe-related. 
it can not be G.I. Joe related, provided we can think of something funny. Now that we have Joe on the show, no off-color questions. Yeah, no, no, nothing uh, explicit, please. Don't ask the fourth chair out on a date. She's not going to say yes. Third chair might say yes. Justin's kind of a whore. <laughs> uh, I'm not too fourth, picky. Fourth chair is, is a no. Justin, do you show leg on the first date? Sure. <laughs> show you whatever you want. Whoa. Hey, wait till he gets to the third date. It's debate level. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, I wouldn't oh. go that far. <laughs> oh, wow. Call back to Mr. Debate. Speaking of looming up. Oh, get on our list of, of, of guest hosts. I don't know how he's going to explain that if we talk to him about that on the show without one big long. He doesn't really have to. We could just talk about the wings. But okay, all right. I, yeah, I'm telling you, debase is podcast gold that just hasn't been uncovered yet. I'm thankful not- this is not a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are not nearly good looking enough for a video <laughs> podcast. To, no, no, no. There's there's a reason for all these things. So again, uh, what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash watch on Joe Mind. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a note on Twitter uh, at our individual accounts. So I won't get into that, but please. Get involved, stay involved. Uh, we like having you here. That's it for Mailbag. So what we got in segment, sponsored by... Kokomo Toys. Yeah, they're still around, folks. Yeah, the uh, the legendary stop in the middle of nowhere is Indiana. <laughs> if you can think of it, they've probably got something for it. Uh, going back to the 60s all the way up through today, uh, a huge selection of Funko Pops, if you're into those figures, uh, like Dave Tree. Dave Tree loves Funko Pop. Be sure to write him an email and ask him that. <laughs> but uh, I'm guessing no. No, he hates okay. them with a passion, the fiery hot passion of a thousand white suns. But again, Kokomo Toys, uh, find them on, on eBay uh, is where the, most of their, their online sale stuff goes. Um, or, or you could just uh, visit KokomoToys.com. They were one of the first uh, places to get the G.I. Joe Funko Pops in, so if you're looking for those, you might... I don't know if they still have any or not, but... Yes, uh, soon to be the exclusive online distributor of uh, Vitruvian Hex. (laughs) I'm not making that up. Well, they have one exclusive figure for Vitruvian Hex. They're not the exclusive distributor of all of them. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) You want to cloud things up with your facts. I just said something that uh, was probably better at home at the Republican primaries, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that now. Justin, what did you get in, man? What did you get in, Justin? Since the last time we, we recorded anything. I was going to say, in the last six months, what did I get? Good Lord. Did you make a list? Come on now. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff. Let's keep it limited to maybe the last couple weeks then. Because nobody right. cares about the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about... Men in furry shorts and transformers. Well, that's all I got in the past couple of weeks. All right. Well, going moving on, Mike. What'd you get in? <laughs> Who's the d- now? No kidding. <laughs> I got two awesome masterpiece transformers, Optimus Prime and Soundwave, and they're they are both kick ass. They are pretty kick ass. I got Devastator a little while ago too. He's pretty kick ass too. He he is pretty kick ass. I have to enjoy Justin that uh, you have made a, a valiant attempt to make kick ass a legitimate adjective. It deserves it. Kick-ass doesn't get nearly enough uh, props. That that is one of the things I enjoy about your writings. (laughs) Well, it's because he can't write, yeah. Buy the Fog of Dreams and you'll see kick-ass like every tenth word, I think. (laughs) It truly outsoared good as the eagle outsoars the fly. (laughs) It was kick-ass. 
Yeah. How about uh, 50th anniversary stuff, Justin? How are you doing yes, with that? Yes, I did. I, I um, got all the two packs, and I got the Silent Strike set, uh, the Comic-Con set. I'm good to go. I'm all set. I've, all, I've gotten my fill of 50th anniversary stuff. I did not pick up those two, three packs with the... Um, 25th anniversary figures uh, repackaged and repurposed. Number one, you know, I didn't really feel like spending 40 bucks on those figures that I already had. And number two, I mean, a lot of times I'll get stuff just for review purposes. You know, I've reviewed all those figures in their older formats already, so I didn't think it was really necessary to get the reviews up on those again. But um, you mean you don't have another 400 words to describe how Alpine now has a gold star on his shoulder? Nah, not really. You can't get 400 words out of that? Uh, I probably could, but Hack. I, I wouldn't put anybody through that. Hack. This is why you're a noted publisher and not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been buying quite a bit of stuff over the summer. I mean, you know, I've mostly the 50th anniversary stuff, a bunch of different Transformers. I've been going crazy for Combiner Wars. Went back and got a lot of... Uh, Sigma 6 stuff, I bought a great Sigma 6 lot off of our, our buddy Mark, got some of those things. I bought what, an, uh, what, what did you get in this Sigma 6 lot? How many figures? Oh, probably about a good 25 or 30. Did he give you the full market value of uh, $20? <laughs> no, I threw a little bit more his way. All right. That's good of you. Yeah. I also buy, I bought an Xbox One. Pretty exciting. Nice. But yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, it's... Been a good summer, been not really not ready for the winter yet, but you know, like it or not, it's coming. Winter's coming. <laughs> winter is coming. Can we have someone Photoshop Justin's head on the Game of Thrones meme that says winter's coming? Yes. And send that to the program. We'll put that up on the front page on Facebook. I, mean, I kind of look like Jon Snow. You know, I'll, I can pull that off. I've got the luscious black hair cascading down over my shoulders. Truly. That that was what uh, what I was going to say, too. Joe, you drunk yet? No. <laughs> but I wish Clearly, I was. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> you're, not, you're yes. not doing this right. <laughs> I what wish I was too, Joe. I wish I was too. <laughs> I didn't get the uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusives, but I've picked up uh, the majority of the 50th or 51st anniversary of the Joe line. I didn't want the uh, the shipwreck, the blue, whatever that's, that's coming, that's was going to re- be released. I didn't like that one, so I'm not getting that one. I got a six-inch Wonder Woman from Maddie Collectors, the re-release of the Superpowers nice. figures. So um, I'm in the market for the Batman and obviously the Superman. But yeah, I had to get the Wonder Woman. And then I picked up the Julie Newmar uh, Catwoman, the six-inch. She looks really good. And That's that great Batman TV line. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing a custom of the Tonner dolls uh, for the Tron Legacy movie. They had a siren uh, doll, and I'm doing the other sirens as well, because there was only the one with the platinum blonde hair. I think her name was Jem. And then uh, there's two other ones. Uh, no, three. Other was, she, was she truly outrageous? She was not. She was not. She was pretty evil. <laughs> mm. Outrageously evil? outrageously evil so i'm customizing um those dolls and they're uh, 16 inches Very wow. interesting so this is a project it is a project so you don't just make costumes for yourself you make them for for tiny people and dolls <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> hey she made one for katie what else you got got a bunch of comics for um valiant that's about it 
and costumes, making more costumes. You want to leak any of that? What you got planned? Um, so I'm in a I'm in a fan fan film uh, for Trek Isolation, um, and uh, so I'm working on costumes for that. And I'm also working or going to be doing commissions on some uh, Klingon costumes for an upcoming fan series. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right, my turn. Um, I I actually uh, I haven't picked up much. I've I gotten um, you know gotten my fill on on GI Joe fiftieth. I've taken a pass on a couple of those other those the three packs like Justin has. One out um, left. Oh, the Cubs are down there last out. Yes. Uh. Yes. Eight eight three. Bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Damn it. So the sweep is on. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. Sorry. No, no worries. Uh, went to roll out roll call. I got one of the uh, uh, another one of the Marauder. Task Force guys got one of the, one of the red ones with the exclusive uh, Red Shadows sticker set that they included uh, at the show. So nice. I, I have a little Marauder Red Shadow guy on my on my shelf now. Actually picked up a, a masterpiece Transformer myself. At, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So got one from from Nick Wells at ID Toys. Go all the way to England to get a masterpiece Transformer. Yeah, but he was cheaper than I would have paid here. Which one did you I get? Got, I got Sideswipe. Nice. Nice. He's he's my guy, you know. I don't from from when I was little, so I I I'll, I'll I try to pick him up in his his various G one incarnations. Looking around the apartment here, I, I I picked up a vintage lot on Joe stuff that I'm still going through. Uh, lots of the big vehicles that I never had when I was growing up: Cobra Bug, a Night Raven. Uh, there is a Terradrome involved, but it's really just kind of good for parts. So I, I will probably be uh, letting that one go for for low low prices. Uh, coming up soon. First time I've had a Terradrome, and it's kind of a piece of junk. But what can you do? It was uh, I, I certainly paid piece of junk prices for it, so whatever. But uh, past that, uh, just been just been uh, settling in. I'm in a new place, not a new city, of course. Just uh, in my own apartment now. Uh, I've got the industrial strength air conditioner immediately to my right, which has already ruined a couple of podcast recordings. It sounds like you're driving down the road with your window open. Uh, and and uh, I've done that before on on full force, but that was uh, that was something else entirely. Since we've done stuff like this, it's been a, a great summer. It was a uh, great getting out and seeing everybody, and uh, that's really what I, I look forward to doing most over the course of the year and in the the confines of the hobby. Anyway, is 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 more seeing people and and sharing experiences than than accumulating lots of stuff at this point. But the stuff is still pretty fun. That's that's about it for me, Gary. How about yourself? Yeah, I did get the. Uh, what do I got for the the fifty first line? Screw you, Justin Bell. Uh, <laughs> I do have the Spirit Iron Knife Storm Shadow, uh, Blowtorch Crockmaster, Shipwreck Cobra Commander, and then the two aforementioned three packs. That's kind of all I got. That it's not like I've done really hard searches. I just kind of hit the Toys R Us occasionally, and when they have them, they have them. But they don't, they don't. I just haven't hit them as often as I should. No big deal. I'm not sweating it out. I don't think we got a chance to talk about uh, what was left of the FSS. I don't oh, think true. we finished. Yeah, I managed to get the last bits of that and the 13th figure. At the time we got that, and you probably heard Mike make mention of, of our puppy, he somehow singled out the frostbite carded figure oh. and tore it to sh**. That's not Yeah, so luckily I had two of them, so I still have one that was carded and everything. But the problem with that frostbite figure is that when he tore the card to sh**, the figure's okay, and every part of the, uh, the accessories is okay, except the goggles are long gone. So I am not sifting through his sh- 
to try to find goggles. So unfortunately, I have a loose frostbite that's incomplete. Where's your sense of adventure here? Unclean, unclean, forever unclean. So, and my sense of adventure is gone since Katie's been potty trained. I think. <laughs> I'll sell you my frostbite goggles for forty bucks. What an a- <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> he's a saint. <laughs> Dustin Bell is a saint. But other than that, there wasn't a, really a lot of purchasing this summer. It was all about getting an air conditioner system replaced at the side of the go. You know, going to. Sh- we had a couple of uncomfortable nights, but got it rectified. The smaller unit, but we're going to have to get the big unit here replaced here <laughs> for next summer. Randy Johnson's going to be in. I am bringing in a monster left-handed unit. The big unit. Yeah. Mm. 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 Rectify. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't get a chance to go to roll out roll calls. Another reason why. I'm not going to be able to go to assembly required besides work and getting in the way of that one as well. So a lot of spending this summer, a lot of the things that I wanted to get, for instance, the San Diego Comic-Con Joe set from Hasbro Toy Store. Thank God it's over $100 because we know how cheap Joe fans are. They're still available. I could probably still pick one up a little bit later, but right now all that money is going toward new air conditioning system, which is uh, almost uh, paid for. So uh, that's the extent of kind of what I've got in over uh, the last couple of episodes or the last couple of months since we've done an episode. It'll happen. Uh, hey, uh, shout-outs do have a sponsor. Yeah. You want me to say it? It's kind of your thing. Hey, it's Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Our friend Mark Chang. Gary oh, Gotso yeah. appeared at uh, JoeCon 2014. Courtesy of? Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Yeah. Thanks a lot, fellas. Get your nerd rage on. PlanetNerdRage.com. They are hard at work on their film still. Yeah, they are. It's, uh, we, we, we get spoiled sometimes because we're used to to watching, you know, big studio productions that they, they'll film in them and then they're out of editing in three months and they're in the theater and gone by Christmas. And uh, it doesn't work that way with small efforts. Uh, they, they take a long time, especially if you want to get them to, to where they're of substantial quality. And that's I, I can appreciate that they're taking the time to do that. Joe, you in this one at all? I am not. But I was in uh, his previous one, the Operation Red Retrieval. Red Retrieval, yep. You were red. I was red, and I was also the Baroness. Oh, yeah, it's in a deleted scene. John gets to be low light, and then he takes out the Baroness. So, so you have it. You have it on film. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. This is a healthy relationship. This is healthy. You need some more wine. Yes. <laughs> this is why all the fanboys think they have a shot for some reason. She'll be dead long before he will. <laughs> hey, congratulations to the National League Champs New York Mets. Uh. <laughs> there, there's a shout out. <laughs> oh, there you go. Complete with editorial comment from, from our own Joe Colton. <laughs> I've never really been a Mets fan. I I can appreciate that they uh, they are giving a good home to Yankees outfielder Curtis Granderson. That's how I refer to him to my brother, the the Mets fan. The black sheep of the family. The boy. Jimmy, yes. Not Rob. Maximus. Correct. So, shout out, Justin. Yeah, I do want to give a shout out to uh, actually our our good buddy, Arun Singh, who actually took a step up in uh, 
the job market. He is now, I believe he's the vice president of communications for Sci-Fi Network. Yeah. He did leave Marvel Studios. He's going to be promoting Sharknado 10. <laughs> <laughs> But it sounds like it was a uh, sorry, Ruth. He, yeah, he's the, <laughs> he's the vice president of publicity at Sci-Fi. Sharknado Ten and Tremors Five and Hey, may, 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 <laughs> if he's the vice president of communications, maybe we can get uh, what's on Joe Mind the series. Yeah, yeah. I know Sci-Fi will put pretty much anything on the air. I'm thinking they have even limitations. I'm just saying, if we replace Justin with with you know like Test from WWE or something or Ed, <laughs> whatever his name is, I can I see think the we're in on that. Yeah. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> Isn't Test isn't Test dead? Test is dead. Oh my god! Oh, Mike, look, you know it, uh, it's late for me too. Come on. Uh, at least you didn't say Chris Benoit. Oh, for real. Yeah. See, that would not be. Who's the d- now? At least mine was a mi- legitimate mistake. <laughs> hey, Twelve Monkeys is awesome. Twelve Monkeys is on Sci-Fi. That's a great series. Defiance got canceled. Did it really? Yeah. I know the person you can write to about that. They do quality work on sci-fi. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Eureka when it was on, even. There you go. I haven't watched sci-fi since Battlestar Galactica. Way to go, Gary. Way to kill our hopes and dreams of a televised podcast. Or ruins with them now, so you're going to start. I'm hoping they'll have better shows that I can watch. We can be sci-fi's Mark Maron. That's what we can be. Everyone's Googling that real quick. I'm not Googling no Mark Maron. I don't know what. All right, next, whatever. Yeah, congratulations, Arun. Yeah, too bad that he left Marvel. I mean, I know it was always fun talking to him about Marvel Studios and stuff like that, but it definitely, from a career perspective, it sounds like it was absolutely a a step in the right direction for him. He's not going to get name-dropped by Haley Atwell or... uh... Clark Gregg. Oh, well. Well, you know, uh, it is a situation, too, where we'll still be happy to talk to him about all of his his wonderful upcoming sci-fi project. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it looks like there's some pretty fun stuff that's <clears throat> coming to sci fi too. So um you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But it's it's uh good for him and glad to hear it. I do have uh I do have something that's a little bit self serving. I don't know when Gary's gonna get this uh episode posted, but um I don't know anybody if anybody out there is a My Little Pony collector. Oh well, uh, my, my my so six year old Joe, here you go. No, right, yeah. <laughs> my six-year-old. I, I'm, yeah, okay. My my six-year-old has recently seen uh, My Little Pony Rainbow Rocks and is uh, absolutely infatuated with the character of Adagio, who's actually the, the evil pony, I guess, and um, wants wants Adagio for Christmas. So uh, we, thought, we thought, hey, great, you know, we'll, we'll get her Adagio for Christmas. Well, apparently Adagio is a uh, short-packed, figure from a couple of years ago that's very hot on the collector's secondary market ah. so from what we've seen her prices range from anywhere from $65 to about $150 so uh, if anybody out there collected uh, My Little Pony Rainbow Rocks and has an extra adagio kicking around that they want to think about uh, setting up for my six year old give us a shout and let me know and uh, see what we can work out for a uh, for a good deal for that but um it doesn't get any cheaper going forward. You know that, Bell, right? I know. Justin, Justin, yeah, you know he is not afraid to sell his body on projects like this. Well, that, that's fine. But, you know, it's going to be a $65 My Little Pony next. After that is I need a laptop. After that, I need an iPhone. Oh, yeah. The, the 10-year-old's already getting the Chromebook for Christmas. So. You realize. As long as you realize that, that's yes. fine. Uh, as of this Friday, 
I will be four years away from the whole car discussion. Ugh. Oh, wow. <laughs> now who's being a d- <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me. I've got six years at least. So. <sighs> I have at least 16 years. Probably more like 17. And that's if I got started tomorrow. <laughs> you need to... You never mind. I can't. I just can't do it. That's it. we've been all night, but even Jerry's got a. I just draw the line. Now he's Mike, now he's just, got scruples. Yeah, I cannot contribute to the baby conversation. For you, I think a ring needs to occur first. Again, you're one step further along than I am. Keep that in mind. Well, it does help having a member of the opposite sex in, in your proximity. Yes. We don't live together. Still proximity. Uh huh. There's okay. still cer- certain boundaries that you don't that you don't have with that member of the opposite sex that I have with all members of my opposite sex. You want to try that one again? <laughs> no, that's exactly how it. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Okay. That's the vaguest way possible to say that you know you at least have a partner. You know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, you're one step further along. One step further along. Mike, can you shout outs? Do I have shout-outs? Yeah. Do I have shout-outs? Of don't course I do. I mean, do. of course, uh, uh, our sponsors, uh, Kokomo Toys, all the cool stuff, Planet Nerd Radio Productions, uh, AVAX Lab. Of course, our fans, um, thank you for sticking with us and for remaining interested in our little two-bit slime show, despite the fact that we disappeared pretty much without notice and warning. Uh, give a special shout-out to the folks over at The Full Force. Uh, Chris McLeod and Dave Tree and Eddie Inman, they kind of kept the fires going on our feed. Uh, they were they were producing new shows when we weren't, as opposed to, you know, the year before uh, when they had some issues and, and we were producing shows and, and they weren't. So, uh, you know, thanks to them to keeping the light on uh, as far as uh, podcasting goes in the G.I. Joe community and for all of the in-depth interviews uh, with Boss Fight Studio. <laughs> and. <laughs> Sorry, I was the joke Gary was going to make, but I beat him to it. I was not going to make. You it. were totally going to make that. No, you don't get to walk away from it now. I will walk away from it. But I, I was teasing Chris about that at rollout roll call, so he he it, believe me. There's there's no there's no harm done there. Or he'll call me in tears, which is equally possible, knowing full well that as he he's crying, he will be wanking. Uh, also, give a shout out to oh. <laughs> What, that synced in now? No, oh, there's just, never mind. <laughs> Images. <laughs> I see, kind of a delayed reaction one there. But uh, big big thanks again to to uh, shout out for everybody who was a part of CoilCon. Uh, shout out to everybody who was a part of Rollout Roll Call uh, and all the other projects that we managed to get ourselves involved with uh, that wind up taking up our precious time and, and, uh, and keeping the show under wraps, so to speak. Uh, uh, thanks to you guys. Uh, for coming back and and you know wanting to continue with this and you know I understand we we all had stuff we had to get through this past year it was not an easy year really in any of our lives so um, I, I give you guys full credit and uh, on on strength of character and all that other good stuff and and as far as keeping things going as always you know if you're listening thank you so much for me shout out to Debbie as always well, it's about it really just. Again, thanks for uh, holding out for these episodes that come few and far between. We'll get more done as more content becomes available. I really don't have much to shout out. No shouting. Very little shouting. A low-key shout out. More of a state out. 
Patriots suck. Hey, come on. <laughs> Your coach sucks. That's who sucks. Hey, what? Mike, he, he, he didn't, he didn't blow that play. Anyways, Justin can get my viewpoint by listening to the what's on Joe mind fantasy football league, uh, week six in review podcast. He won't listen to it. No, he's a, d- <laughs> I don't want to support the program or anything. It's 25 whole minutes out of his day. He's a busy man. He's got his own book to edit. That's right. He said he doesn't edit his own books anymore. He sends it off. I give it three revisions, four revisions myself, and then I send it off for the fifth. Okay. Which is all we can ask. That's right. That's how uh, uh, Staff Sergeant Justin Bell was not the hero of of his last (laughs) Joe book. So that's (laughs) how we know somebody else did the editing. Exactly. Come on, Joe. <laughs> You're busy. She's like passed out with a wine glass next to her at this point. Probably. So. I'm not passed out yet. I'm she just quite <laughs> observing. Yes. But she signed up for this. She didn't quite understand what it really entailed. All right. Shall we get out of here? Yes. Let's do. Oh, I don't get a shout out, huh? <laughs> we're not. We're not used to you yet. Dick. <laughs> no, you gotta leave that in, man. You gotta leave that in. So, so for her inaugural <laughs> shout-outs, let's go ahead and turn it over to Joe, who's getting text messages as we speak. Yeah, sorry, we're out of time. Good night, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> anything yet it's, it's in 15 minutes <laughs> what are you bidding on so i can find it i'll bid you shut up no i'm not telling you <laughs> <laughs> we don't want your silly girly toys have we met she's gonna take me out at the knees <laughs> i'll just be laying there going yep i earned it it's all your fault moving on shout out shout out is to the gi joe community uh, for supporting in a good cause, uh, like the USO charity we did, uh, much appreciated, and we couldn't have done it without uh, everybody. And Robert Atkins for uh, lending his talent to do the cover for the calendar this year. So much appreciated. But especially us, right? And you guys for inviting me to be part of the What's on Joe Mind. So. Oh. Oh, that you. wasn't what I was fishing for the compliment for. But. I was talking about Justin and Gary, so. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Shout out to yeah. you too, Joe. See? You don't even know. You don't even know who threw your name in the hat. You don't even know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you know I love you too, Mike. You do not. Shut up. I do. <laughs> do not. No, it's, it's already been proven. Proven to the contrary. I screamed your name two years ago. Which was unsettling because I didn't know you at the time. <laughs> was John okay with that? He was helping. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think anyone's ever heard him yell like that. <laughs> yeah, nobody. I, again, I didn't. I hadn't met either of you by that point, so it was. Uh, it was unnerving. I was a little taken aback, and I took that out as just shouting back louder. Yes, when in doubt, do that. Yeah, because that, that's a good policy. It's gotten me far in life. A crazed woman with a beer screaming at you. Scream back. Because <laughs> really, what what's the worst she can do? Oh, she could stab you in the eye, but whatever. <laughs> you got another one. There it is again. <laughs> That's the text that 
Finish up, damn it, I'm hungry. That's what that is. <laughs> I'd like to thank Zach Hoffman of Brian Cummings for joining us again. That was a very long time ago, but thanks, fellas. Zach Hoffman, you're going down in fantasy football. You will not hustle us like you think you're going to. We'll have to remind him who we are. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Maybe. He's going down like the 2016 Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we're going to bring that into it. Now you're going to ruin the show by just bringing that into it. Thanks. Yeah, now, thanks. now Zach Hoffman ain't going to come back. <laughs> Remember, folks, it's okay to cheat. That's the Tom Brady. It's okay to cheat, everybody. Don't worry about the rules. Cheating? No big. No biggie. No biggie. Break the rules. No big. I'm Tom Brady. As long as you win. Yeah, as long as you win. Everybody loves yeah. a winner, except when they hate them. No big. Yep. So, for our co host, Justin and Mike, I'm Gary St. All, and men and women serving God bless, God speed, and come home safe. Good night, folks, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of What's on Joe Mind? It's Gary from What's On Joe Mind with an important message for you. Do you remember when you got your first Steel Brigade figure and how you got to live your childhood dream of being part of the G.I. Joe team? Once again, the G.I. Joe team needs you to return to its ranks. There's a very real possibility that there will not be an official G.I. Joe convention in 2017 and beyond. We need your help to show Hasbro that the fans truly do care. My co-host and I can't do this alone. Join us on this campaign to reinforce to Hasbro that the annual official G.I. Joe convention should be continued. Visit us at SaveGIJoe.org. There you will find links to our Facebook page, fan petition, and instructions on how to contact Hasbro to let them know how important G.I. Joe is to us. Download our graphics package for use on your webpage, blog, social profile, and in fan forums. Show everyone your support on social media by using the hashtag SaveGIJoe. G.I. Joe may have started off as a one-man unit in the 60s and eventually grew into a team in the 80s. Add yourself back to the team. We need you. The community needs you. G.I. Joe needs you. Help us show that G.I. Joe and Joe Con are viable well beyond 2016. Together, we can make this happen. Join today. Support G.I. Joe right now.